Science Podcast. Well, here we are once again in the bunker. Morning, how's it going, man? Another Monday means another episode of the Mind Virus Show. Uh, I'm doing fine. How are you, Jordan? Well, um, we, uh, a week or two ago, we were talking about an unnamed burger joint with a three-letter acronym, mm-hmm. never to be spoken of again, JCWs. Um, so oh, I think I'm, I, I mentioned their rising prices. So I took my family, which is of significant size down because they had met certain uh, performance goals for mom <laughs> <laughs> to get a shake. Okay. We drive up to the drive-thru like at 8.30 at night. Some girl comes trotting out in her mask. How's it going? Here's a menu if you want to see it. She hands me a menu, a laminated menu. And it doesn't have any pricing on it. And uh, being the suspicious person that I am, I figured I better check because, see, mini shakes were, are about $4.50. And I was thinking, or $4.99. And I, you know, big family, I don't want to like take a loan out for these shakes. And these are the mini shakes. There's right. three sizes, mini, small, and medium, or mini, large, and gargantuan or something like that and then they give you a good size shake it's probably in like a 16 ounce cup and then they used to go higher than that but now they're slowly eroding the the size the food sizes have kind of gone the way of like our clothing sizes what what used to be a small um is now like a kid's size and what you know everything's gotten bigger yeah, well, the, okay, so in restaurants, I think you have that phenomenon where the, the portion sizes get bigger because they have to justify charging you what's now like, what, eight bucks for a burger at JCW's or something? Yeah, never to be so. Never to be named again. That unnamed three-letter three acronym uh, burger joint that I'm outing. So the girl hands me the uh, menu, and my spidey senses go off, and I'm like, well... So how much does a mini shake cost again? And she says, oh, they're really expensive. She just says that. <laughs> she says they're really expensive. Yeah, I'm sorry. The price is $6.48. $6.50. for a mini shake. I was going to have to pay. I was seriously going to have to get a home equity line. So I said to her, I looked at the kids in the back. I'm like, you guys really want a shake? And they're all yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, this is, this is crazy. We're not, we're not getting one here. We're going to. Because we had already kind of dr- driven around looking for deals and, on marquees and stuff. And I just said, you tell your managers this is insane. I handed her the menu, took my massive uh, SUV, gas-guzzling SUV full to the brim with uh, carbon-consuming kids and drove out the drive through and left. You tell your yeah. managers this is insane. Six dollars and fifty-eight cents, or forty-eight cents. That that's that's an insane price I, for any size of a shake. I I you know that's I, a meal price. I'm not saying they're the best. Uh, I don't I don't think they're the best burgers or anything, but they're pretty good. They're pretty good, and their fries are great. Do you remember uh, down by the Y uh, BYU? I think you have some experience with BYU, right? Mm-hmm. Remember Burger Supreme down there? Yeah, man, they had great, uh, great fries and and food. 
Uh, Apollo Burgers also great. There's a couple up in uh, like South yeah, Jordan Burger and Su- Salt Lake. Burger Supreme, Crown Burger, and Apollo are, are they all the same? All the same uh, restaurant basically. And then JCW's pops up, and they're like a copycat, right? Because they're kind of close, but right? Similar. And then they've sort of franchised a little more. One time, a few years ago, uh, at uh, the workplace that I used to work at, we spent like a week ranking burger joints. Yeah. Okay. What yeah. was the ranking? Well. We had to split it up, right? Because you can't compare In-N-Out or McDonald's to, say, like a, a Five Guys or a Cubbies or something higher end. So we split it into sort of this price tier. Okay. And then we ranked those. And I've tried, I don't even remember. So you only split what, it by price tier, not by like quality? Well, or, kind, of, or well, kind of a price quality split there. Because, you know, you've got the chains where the buns... Like I think that there's there's two signs, you know the the buns and the burgers appear to be like mass produced versus they got them from the bakery at right Smiths or something right. So I think on the lower tier, the cheaper stuff, uh, I think we liked In and Out, and I think McDonald's ranked pretty high. On the on the higher tier, we liked Five Guys. Uh, JCW's was up there. Not anymore. And I know I'm forgetting some others. Well, I went to, I took some kids at JCW. I've, I've shown, I've, uh, shared that story. So you're now in debt. Um, Oh no, you're talking about about the the masking, the mask. And it was, it was quite expensive. I only had two of my kids granted they're teenagers and they eat like horses. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's an expensive restaurant. Like if you have a family, If you take a family of, say, five, you know, mom, dad, and three kids, you're going to spend $50, $60, $70 there if you buy drinks and combo meals and all that kind of stuff. It's it's really expensive. I mean, yeah. But I've noticed that restaurant prices are going up everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I went, uh, even the the traditional cheaper restaurants like a, a McDonald's or a Taco Bell or whatever, those prices are going up. Prices of everything are going up. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but, but like, but beyond the normal, like, but like that's a two, expect. that's a $2 jump from an already expensive shake. Right. And like we go, we went over to in and out. So we did sort of a progressive, uh, scavenger hunt for sure. cheaper cheaper food, depending on which of the kids were willing to accept what, what level of uh, shake. And so we we stopped over to In-N-Out. I really like In-N-Out for a couple of reasons that I'll point out in a second. First of all, well, one of the reasons is that their food is pretty good for uh, sort of the fast food. Um, Assembly line. Well, it's it's a, a more prolific chain than, say, JCW's or Apollo Burger. Now, the I got to rank right up there at the top, the Apollo Burger, Burger Supreme. Um, you know, those guys, pastrami burgers and other inventive burgers are pretty dang good and their fries are great i love those big fat fries but uh the in and out guys they've got a they've got a great model simple menu and um they only have raised their prices about 50 cents right so i was happy to see that and you know what there i think there's some sort of i have had a friend explain this to me so i haven't done any research on it but he's, he said they were, they're a Christian organization that sort of has a vertical supply chain integration where they own the farms and stuff like that. So they, their food is fresh, and it's, and it's uh, sourced from their uh, charitable endeavors. 
and then they uh you know they pay their employees pretty well as far as um as far as fast food workers go mm-hmm. i've seen that they they when they have their now hiring signs up they're they're pretty good it was like 1350 an hour starting or 1150 an hour or something like that i can't remember exactly what it was but it struck me as higher than average although i've been living in a cave for the last 10 years so maybe <laughs> Maybe maybe I'm not up to speed on what minimum wage is. I did I did see an article about a a McDonald's in Florida having to pay a fifty dollar finder's fee or bounty for anyone willing to come in for an interview because it was so hard to get people in for job interviews. Did you happen to see that in the news? I didn't, but that, that doesn't surprise me. Anyway, back to back to In and Out. Really like In and Out. Uh, when they came to Utah, I was kind of like, ah, California, burger joint. Everybody's all excited, and the lines all are immediately long. And I'm, what's the big deal? But when I when I had a burger, I was I was impressed with the quality of it. I think that I, it does seem fresh. It's not it's not like this pancaked, uh, whatever, right burger. And um, I mean, so so I got to admit, I like In and Out, but. If you look at the bottom of their cups, they have little scripture references on the bottom. Oh, really? So I do think there's something to that Christian thing. Yeah. Like, take your cup, look on the inside of it. It's like a little sneaky, sneak attack Christian New Testament thing. I remember when when they, when they In-N-Out started migrating out of Southern California, it was a big deal because In-N-Out had always said, we, we can't do that because of our fresh ingredients. We don't have a way to keep our ingredients fresh to get it, to get them out of the area. Mm-hmm. But then they slowly figured it out, right? And maybe they maybe there was a little lowering of the standards. I don't know. But I never had one in California. They went to Vegas first, and that was mm-hmm. a big deal. And people here in the Salt Lake area were driving to Vegas. It's that just good, for huh? In and Out. And I remember when I was a kid, having an In and Out Burger T-shirt was a yeah. big deal because it meant you had I been to Vegas. I went been to, to San Diego or I went to L.A. And got this shirt, and then when they and then they crept a little bit farther north, and came to St. George, Utah, and that mm-hmm. was a big deal. And then not too long after that, they opened up in Utah County, Salt Lake County, and now there's several of them. But but yeah, the the price of everything is is going up, you know, commodities especially things like that. Well, it, you know, a mini shake is not made of lumber. Right, right, and a <laughs> mini Bitcoin. and a mini shake is supposed to be. <laughs> it was I a just, Bitcoin mini shake. <laughs> I just want a taste. I don't want a giant thing. I just want a small portion for a couple of bucks. The problem, the problem with this sort of thing is the price. The prices are not elastic. Right, they're okay. Put on your economics hat. They talk about static prices and elastic prices, and you know home prices are inelastic. They tend to be. They tend to go up and they have a hard time falling, although they do. We've witnessed that, you know, but I, I don't, I, I can't really think of a time where I've seen restaurant prices drop. Not really. I mean, they tend to stay kind of normal because pe- I think people expect to pay a, a certain amount at, a, at certain kinds of restaurants. You don't go to Taco Bell looking to spend $14 on food. Although now people are spending that much, at, even at Taco Bell, because right. the prices are going up so quickly. I mean, it, you go to JCW. JCW's was always expensive. Oh yeah, even but it was supposed to be worth it. Right, right. But I think you are seeing, it, and it's possible some of these restaurants are starting to gouge because they can. 
because they can hide. Because $6 for some ice cream and some Oreos? Right. Because they can. Because how many people would have done what you did and just drove, dr- driven through there without buying anything? I know. My poor kids. If you were in my family, you would... You, one of your... Do you ever wonder what your, your kids, your poor kids are going... I mean, the, the great thing is they don't know that that's not normal. Like, they, they kind of can guess right. that their dad's kind of weird, but they don't know it for sure. I don't know how, just how it's weird. Like he's, he's taking care of us, but, but what was that? Well, it's like when, <laughs> when I walked out of Slim, uh, Slim Chickens because they needed me to wear a mask. Yeah, and you sat in the car. And the rest of my family stayed in eight. In eight. <laughs> They're just like, well, my dad's weird. You know, I have one quick uh, somewhat related story when it comes to prices. We were in Southern California several years ago, and we were going to to Disneyland. Speaking of of gouging. Dramatically inflated prices. And um, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, that's their real name. Really? Yeah. As opposed uh, to the Washington football team, they're a baseball team. That what about angels? Are angels offended? I think angels are offended. They should be. They should be. Anyway, when I was a kid, they were called the California Angels, and I thought that was a cool name. And their hat had the A with a little halo around it. Do they still have that? Uh, I don't know. I don't. They they probably do. <clears throat> anyway, the, it was their home opener, and we were staying just down the road from the stadium. And I thought, well, let's go. And so I grabbed the kids, and we we walked over to the... Actually, we didn't walk. We drove. It's a gray halo now. Does that mean something? It's not It's not a bright light halo. It's a gray halo. I mm. think that that's, that's kind yeah. of ominous. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Well, we drove over there. It wasn't very far away. We were staying at a hotel pretty close to the stadium, but it was too far to walk. So we drove and then we spent about 20 minutes trying to find a parking spot. Finally found one, walked the rest of the way to the stadium, waited in a long line. Now keep in mind, we didn't have tickets. I was just thought, well, I'll just buy tickets at the gate. For sure. I can find a ticket. You know, we can just get the cheapy nose. Right. It's a baseball game. And we get up to the box office and I say, yeah, we need, I need four tickets. And, She's on the keyboard. I'm sorry, sir. We don't have anywhere that has four tickets next to each other except for right along the first baseline. Very good seats. I said, oh, well, how much are those? One million dollars. 460 something. And I just said, 400 oh, bucks? <laughs> yeah, no, that's not going to work. And she, I said, you don't have anything like out in the outfield bleachers or anything like that. Just... No, sir, I'm sorry. So I said, okay, thank you. And I turned around and left, kind of feeling a little, you know, disappointed, yeah. a, little, a little upset. You know, I tried not to show up. <laughs> My kids just all melted, just into sobs. Um, and then I'm like, guys, it's just this was just game. a bonus idea. Like, we're just... <laughs> and, but, you know, they'd gotten their hopes up. We were right there, all the anticipation. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I took them to Pizza Hut, and that helped a little bit. By the next day, <laughs> once we were five minutes after we went through the gates of Disneyland, they'd forgotten all about <laughs> the baseball game. Oh, that's funny. Well, I, I think it's good for kids to see their parents making difficult decisions like that every once in a while. I mean, if you just, if you just go through with it, you know, if you let people gouge you, then 
Right, right. Well, six fifty for a small a mini shake is, and not just a small a mini. Yeah, a mini. <laughs> it, that's just silly. But uh, we might be. We might see this. You know, when you came over today, I mentioned I was watching the unraveling of civilization one person at a time. Oh yeah, that might be the uh, title of today's podcast. Because I was watching a video of some poor. Uh, a hotel employee have a nervous breakdown over some minor uh, customer service issues, it looked like. But this summer, I think we, we're going to see an acceleration of that. You know, we've talked about how men go mad in herds and then they come to their senses right. one by one. I think that we're witnessing that one by one coming to our senses, which means that people who aren't coming to their senses yet are having a hard time. And I think we're seeing a lot of uh, uh, disconnect and cognitive dissonance. I mentioned before that I think it's going to be a hard summer for the true believing mask people. And I think we're starting to see that. And I think that's a good thing, not for them. And I wish them all the best, but the world is waking up and they're slowly peeling those filthy face napkins off. And they're saying, we got... We got played. We got played hard. So, but the like like the end of the the emperor's new clothes isn't the establishment kind of doubling down? I I read that the EU is going to start implementing vaccine passports, even though the World Health Organization has recommended against vaccine passports. Right. You do. What, you, what, you what's do your have, prediction? You do have people doubling down, and also not just doubling down, but there's lots of. Um, it, but it's the institutions that are doubling down. Like, right. like I walked into Harbor Freight Tools the other day, got my stuff, wasn't wearing a mask. There's a couple other guys in there not wearing a mask. Come back out. Then I go back a day later or two days later, and there's this massive sign on, a, on its own stand in front of the doors, and it's, masks are required. Right. Like it was shouting at me. So I walked past that and quickly went in and got my stuff. But that we're talking about April 21st or April, you know, end of last week or whatever. And the mandates expired in Utah. Three it's weeks summer ago. or it's almost summer. I, what's up with Harbor Freight? I mean, like. I'm not like a huge fan, but they got cheaper. St- they used to have cheaper stuff. So it- right, <laughs> yeah, and I've seen and their it, prices are going. I've seen that go both ways with local businesses. Some, you know, okay, some of the it- restaurants, especially, that are getting rid of their mask signs because the restaurants it was always a sham anyway, right? You wear it to order, but not to eat. Right. Uh, right. Well, uh, okay. So Harbor Freight. Let's talk about Harbor Freight. I don't know if you've ever shopped there. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever get their? Um, they used to send out like uh, coupon books and what would what, what we call them? The mailers, the, the mm-hmm. newspaper mailers. Do you ever get those or the catalogs? Not, not that I've noticed. Okay. Then I'm you sure I have. You haven't really shopped there a lot. My dad and I kind of had a thing going for a while. He's, he's a tool guy yeah. uh, or a car guy or whatever. And I, I like tools uh, and stuff like that. Do it yourself stuff. Um. So we have we have a little game going to give give each other tools that are interesting and new that are not you know not already in the toolbox, boxes, shelves. Right. <laughs> and uh, so I've spent a little bit of time there. Well, they, ha- they they've been working on their image. They've been working on their quality in the last couple of years, 
and some of their stuff's okay and works out well. You kind of you kind of got to know what to get and where to get it. But they had these great coupons. They they you know, and that's kind of the game they would play. Kind of like Hobby Lobby or Max or some of these places. You know, if you're going to get a picture framed and you pay full price for a picture frame, then you obviously haven't been looking at your junk mail where Michaels has. 50% off, 70% right. off, 80% like every week. <laughs> right, right. It's Ford truck month again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I can't remember when I was a kid watching football games, you know, college football. I, I don't think I realized until I was older that it was always Ford truck month. <laughs> <laughs> like every, all of football season was Ford truck month. But anyway, um, Harbor Freight had these great, 20% off any single item coupon. And then last year, or the well, the year before, they started to remove certain brands and it would say, excluding this brand, that brand, the other brand. And then pretty soon the, le- the list was like almost everything in the store. And then this year, no more super coupons and no more mailers. So there's there's another sign of the times right. for... Um, yeah, the economy, the the what we like to call the economy is changing... And I think a lot of people are not even noticing. And we were talking just before we hit record that a lot of the coronavirus stuff feels like it's designed to distract us from something. You mentioned alien invasion. Possible. But I think maybe it's also something to to uh, distract us from the coming economic collapse or at least this great shift this great reset <clears throat> yeah of whatever, the whatever that is well that's the big that's the 64 uh, trillion bitcoin question is what what is it that is happening uh by the way on your and i know we have we ha- we're on a tangent right now we, i think we've taken several tangents off of the main tangent but our intention was to start with a quiz by the way it's uh 426.21 april 26th 2021 yes a rainy day here in the unnamed utah city the mind virus show is ongoing find us on the web mindvirus.show um i'll just give a shout out to 426 that was the number of cubic inches in the hemi engine that the dodge chrysler plymouth guys put out in the late 60s Uh, my dad being a car guy this is an homage to that and him uh the 426 hemi revolutionized uh, performance engines at that time and now it's a big marketing thing has that thing got a hemi right everybody knows <laughs> the hemi now yeah so originally I had 426 cubic inches there was also a 426 uh cubic inch wedge engine that preceded it i think they call it the max wedge but um that well, was a, that was another tangent off the tangent but the point was we were going to get to a quiz but well, after that after we get to what you really wanted to talk about, Bobby, <laughs> I did. I, now I I've listened to a lot of Alex Jones in my life in the last fifteen. They're years. turning the frogs gay. <laughs> I, that's that's pretty good. I'm not going to try to compete with that one. Uh, you mentioned I that went, you went and I listened. And, and I listened his... to I listened to the Joe Rogan Alex Jones podcast. And a couple, several of them, 
Which was a big investment in time. Yeah, it's about, if you listen to all of them, I think he's been on Joe Rogan's show three times, and that's like probably seven hours worth of... And I think I listened to him uh, fast. And so when you listen to something fast, it does something to your mind, right? It's like those guys, it's going on and on and on. Right. But uh, that was interesting stuff. And he, uh, when we were talking about it last week, I was saying he had been really careful to avoid the chupacabras and the aliens and stuff like that. No, he went into it. He totally, he, he crossed the Rubicon. He entered uh, no man's land. He was into it. And you know what? I, I, I started listening to a little bit of his show again. And he's, he's not as, uh, you know, he's, he's hitting those topics a little bit more now on the show. And I think that's kind of interesting. I, I think I, I understood a little bit about Alex Jones. Anyway, I want to talk a little bit about him if we ever get to that tangent. Okay. Because I, I find him more sincere... After having listened to Joe Rogan, I, you know, or well, to the, to the, the podcast. It's interesting because on the Joe Rogan... I'm not Rogan, saying he's right about everything. Right. But, but look, on the Joe Rogan I got to say something about him. ...podcast episodes, he is the guest and therefore he's not necessarily... In control in of the control podcast. ...in control and trying to make sure he hits his... But he did. Show notes but or he brought notes. Oh, he, brought, he was like, the one. He was because, the one with an agenda, well, and he brought all the proof. He brought all the. He brought all the mainstream stories early on. And Joe kept Joe kept telling him to stop cutting him off and to stop talking. Right. Like you got to stop. You got to. You got to. You can't do that. You, know, you just did, keep going and going he, and going he and going. Did that because if I remember right, in the fir- his first appearance, Joe Rogan just sort of accepted <clears throat> accepted what Alex Jones was saying, and then Joe got roasted. After the fact, for not being more for critical. saying you got to ask him where the source. You got to ask him for sources. So then he asked him for sources. And he brings the and, sources. And Alex Jones, he he delivered. He had stacks of of internet articles. Plus, he, was, he would say to the assistant, he's like, "Look up, no, 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 look up this headline. No, no, yeah, no look, look up this, this look up headline. That. Maybe it's different." He would find like sixty percent of the time, he'd find it. And so so Rogan would kind of rank him like like yeah, you've been mostly right on like a lot of the like almost as if the regular people should be. Okay, um, maybe. Well, and I think that's a good segue into this quiz because the quiz, see, as we've as we've talked over the last few months, and by the way, this is our this will be our twentieth episode. That's a that's a big milestone. Only one point four percent of all podcasts make it to episode twenty. One point four. I made that up. Oh, just like I made up our episode 10 statistics what was that statistic i think i said 2.7 percent of podcasts. so we're in a more and more elite mm-hmm. sector of your elite. of we, your minds we eye. are elite an elite podcast i mean that could be the title we're the best of the best of the best sir an elite podcast well um yeah today's our 20th episode and um I don't remember what Maybe I Maybe we could do oh, uh, oh, yeah. 20th, 20th so, anniversary commemorative coins or something. <laughs> so <laughs> he's thinking he's, he's right now. I'm I've, sure I've got him way could. off track because with now enough, he's, he's trying to figure out how to do it. With enough money, you can have anything. We can have coins if someone wants to fund that. You can buy anything in this world with money. So we, um, we've been talking over the last several weeks and months about a lot about you know, uh, coronavirus issues and some of the stuff with that, but kind of, and, and that's been a backdrop to a lot of what we've talked about because it's so prevalent, but 
We found this quiz. Now, I haven't taken the quiz yet. Bobby found the quiz. I, I, I deflect all and disclaim all responsibility. I haven't looked uh, at the questions, so I'm going in blind. Okay. Jordan's going Still in blind. Responsibility. But what I read was that there are 12 questions, and on average, adults will get two of them right. Okay, this is gapminder.org. This is kind of a, and, and it looks like their most recent one is for 2018 statistics. And this is sort of a world awareness quiz. And the idea here is this, this foundation and um, others, other people, that like-minded people, have been studying not just the state of the world, but the misconception and the misunderstanding that the general populations have. We tend to believe that the world is much worse off or we're just uninformed. And I think that has enabled things like, hey, we all need to wear masks outside or this virus that we know has a 99.7% survival rate for everybody that's not already old and sick. No, that's 99.7 overall, I think, isn't it? Like, well, no, 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 you're right. You're right. It's for everybody. 70 or older is more like 95%. Yeah, but isn't it 99.7 across the board? And then if you're younger, it's like 99.99. For for kids, it's like... Because if if you're living in a nursing home in New York or New Jersey, you know, watch out. This is uh, knives out. Well, they're just putting pillows on people's faces now in those nursing homes. In those nursing homes. Cuomo himself. Yeah. So the idea here is that we're grossly misinformed about the world and... Uh, this quiz is. is uh, we're going to take it on air. Yeah, we're going to. We're going to take it. We're going to take of the you. quiz. Live, not, neither one of us has seen the questions. We're going to make the quiz right now, or take this quiz right now. We're going to jointly take it. So, two heads are better than one. All right. Are you ready, Jordan? Okay. So, it, Gapminder.org. Uh, it's got this great headline that says, "You are probably wrong about," and then Ooh, it has all if these. We has all these categories, illegal if, harassment, if economic we, growth, if fossil we fuels, pass, If we pass the test, we get a Gapminder Global Facts Certificate. Really? Yeah. What's a passing grade? I don't know. It says you will get 13 questions. There's a time limit of 45 seconds Wait a minute. per question. You, you told me 12 questions. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what the article, the other article said. Mm. If you pass the test, we'd like to honor you with the Gapminder Global Facts Certificate. Maybe this, maybe this quiz needs to become part of the Omniverse. If you don't pass the test, don't worry. We won't tell anyone, and you can try it again later. Thanks for spreading a fact-based worldview, starting with yourself. Good luck. <clears throat> okay. Um, Did they, you have to like log in to take it? No, I just said I just clicked on take the qu- the quiz. It says we have launched a new certification service with lots of new tests. Check out the Worldview Upgrader, where you can test yourself on questions related to glo- related to global development and the UN Global Goals. The Gapminder Global Facts Test will be available for a while longer before it will stop being supported. We will inform you here before it's removed. Okay, are you ready? Okay, you have to scroll all the way to the bottom to take the quiz or something? I clicked on it straight from that Zero Hedge article. Oh, okay. So Gapminder, I'm not finding how to take the quiz from their homepage. But anyway, we'll, we'll, just we'll link it to it. We'll, find, we'll find, the, find it. Okay, am I ready? It's, it's a time test. Yeah, we have 45 seconds per question, okay, all right? Here, are, let's, uh, now this, I have to establish some ground rules. We're going to take it, no Googling. Yeah, yeah. You We're no, going to no go cheating. straight through it, no cheating. No, but here's the problem, because if you Google it, I want to warn the listeners, you may get erroneous 
Well, that's the whole uh, idea. Misinformation, here that... lies, and conspiracy theories. So, how do you? How do you? There's there's a, well, a neurolinguistic way to say that. Yeah, this is this were this is the phrase that Spencer Cox used many times in his inaugural speech. It's not. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Misinformation. No, he he used disinformation. It's disinformation. Uh, conspiracy theories, disinformation, and lies. Isn't conspiracy theories last? Misinformation, lies, and conspiracy theories. No, I think it was first. Okay, conspiracy theories, disinformation, and lies, and statistics, and damn lies. <clears throat> okay. Okay, you ready? Okay, here we go. All right, I'm clicking next. Question one: In the last twenty years, the proportion of people living in extreme poverty worldwide has almost doubled, remained more or less the same, almost halved. Okay, what's your vote? Halved. Okay, uh, I'll go with you on that. Okay. Question two. How many of the world's one-year-old children today have been vaccinated against some disease? 80%, 50%, 20%. The world's one-year-old children. 50 Okay, you say 50. What do you think? Yeah, I'll go with 50. Let's go with 50. All right. Question three. How did the number of deaths per year from natural disasters change over the last 100 years? More than doubled, remained more or less the same, decreased to less than half. Less than half. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree. Question four. Where does the majority of the world population live? Low-income countries, middle-income countries, high-income countries. Well, I guess we got to factor in what is a high-income country. We're talking first world. My guess here, I would say middle because I, I... I'd go with middle or high, but I think they want you to think that it's poor. Yeah, I, I think middle... I think more people are, are there's fewer really po- uh, poor people. We're running out of time, so I'm going to okay, hit middle. middle. Worldwide, 30-year-old men have spent 10 years in school on average. How many years have women of the same age spent in school? Nine years, six years, or three years? Nine. Okay. Don't you think? Worldwide, I, I was thinking more six? maybe six because I think there's still some areas where young women aren't getting educated. When let's go kids, with it. But six. Let's go with six. Okay. Again, I might be falling into that trap. Well, that question is what are yeah what are they trying to show you that the news is pushing all these uh, propaganda causes? Go ahead. There are roughly eight billion people in the world today. Which map shows where people live? Each map represents one billion people. So you've, you've got a map with a, a lot of people in uh, Asia. Well, it's not the one on the right because that one has two billion people in the Americas, right? Yeah, and I that think would be I'm, too many. I'm thinking it's the one in the middle because you've got India and China. Because most of the people are in Asia? Yeah. I get, yeah, I go with that. Okay. The United Nations predicts that by 2100, the world population will have increased by another 4 billion people. What is the main reason? There will be more children. There will be more adults. There will be more very old people. 
uh, which they define as above 75. So children under 15, adults 15 to 75, or very old people over 75. See, the, the birth rates are falling. Yeah, I'd have to say there are more adults, but... Let's go with that one. Because there's a lot of um, older people now. Right. In low-income countries across the world, how many girls complete fifth grade? 20%, 40%, 60 percent. Low-income countries, how many girls complete fifth grade? 20, 40, 60. I'd, I got to say 40 or 60 because I think that we've public education is the best thing to keep countries poor. <laughs> All right, let's Maybe go with 40. You're, you're not going to go 60. Too late. There are 2 billion children in the world today aged 0 to 15 years old how many children will there be will there be in the year 2100 according to the united nations 4 billion 3 billion 2 billion read that again there are 2 billion children right in the world now how many will there be in 2100 according to the un 4 3 or 2 billion i at least 3 yeah let's go with 3 because you can't have the type of population growth they're projecting without lots of kids. How many people in the world have some access to electricity? 20, 50, or 80%? I'm thinking 80%. 80. <clears throat> what is the life expectancy of the world population? 50, 60, or 70 years? I think it's up to 70. I think so too. Question 12. Tigers, giant pandas, and black rhinos were listed as threatened species in 1996. Since then, have any of these species become more critically endangered? None of them, one of them, or two of them? I would say none of them. Since 96? Something tells me the black rhino is more, but I don't, okay, I don't so pay attention to a lot of this stuff, this kind of stuff. So let's just say none of them. Okay, because I know they've made they've made a lot of they made Hoopla. a big, big deal out about this kind of stuff. We're, this, we're doing reverse psychology on this quiz, and we'll see how well we do. All right, question thirteen: The global climate experts believe that over the next one hundred years, the average temperature will get warmer, remain stable, or get colder. <laughs> Depends on which expert <laughs> you yeah, ask. Which are your experts? I think they still think right now that it's going to get warmer. Right? Is that the Consensus. Which experts? Yeah, uh, let's say. Get what warmer. do you? Th I think it's get warmer because I think that's the that's the propaganda that we've been being fed. Now, when we were kids, that we were we were warned about an ice. Who age. are the global climate climate experts? That's the question. Right. All right, we're running out of time, so I'm saying get warmer. Okay, fine. Okay, quiz result. You got sixty nine percent right answers. To pass the test, you need one hundred percent. One hundred percent. We got nine out of thirteen, which actually I don't think is too bad, considering that's not, that's the, not bad. the average is two. Considering how vague they are, the questions are. The average is two questions, right? Yeah. Oh wow, we're way above average. All right. It took two of us though. So we missed. <clears throat> Okay, we missed question eight. In low-income countries across the world, how many girls complete the fifth grade? Well, let's, let's go through question by question. We can't just skip to the ones we got wrong. Uh, it doesn't right. show us. Oh, it doesn't tell us the ones we got but, right? Well, we could go through. Maybe no, 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 could... no, it's okay. It's okay. 
Maybe, maybe no, no, it will, okay. though, because I do think some of these would be worth talking about. But let's go through the ones we missed. Okay. Okay, we missed the low-income countries across the world. How many girls can complete fifth grade? We said 40%. Yeah. The correct answer is 60%. See, public education has crept into everywhere. There are 2 billion children in the world today, age 0 to 15, how many children will there be in 2100, according to the UN? We said 3 billion. Mm-hmm. They claim 2 billion. So they don't. They think the birth, they think rate birth rates are, d- are dropping off. going to be flat. Now, I've, I've read a lot of statistics on that. And of course, as we all know, there are lies, there are damn lies, and then there are statistics. Right. But uh, you can learn a lot from statistics. Well, there's certainly uh, um, a prevailing wisdom in the world today to have fewer kids right and the dropping birth rate now now if you want to just simply replace yourself okay if you're a young man you need to find an eligible uh fertile young woman and have two children yeah if you just want to replace yourself if you want to expand humanity you need to have more than two so like 2.1 try that try to have that um (laughs) <laughs> I'm telling you what, when you have kids, <laughs> to, to all those young people out there, grandmas and grandpas, well, well, parents, your parents want to be grandmas and grandpas. They have this uh, biological clock. I don't know what it is. Some sort of an, an instinctual urge that you need to have children. Now, these people have had children, but it was a long time ago. You were one of them. And they might have forgotten what it's like to have a small child. So after you get married, getting married is like a reversible thing. This is my advice to young married people. Now, it's not like a great thing to reverse a marriage, but you can get a divorce. And it's kind of like no harm, no foul in some cases. In some cases, there's psychological scars. But having a child is no refunds, no returns, right? Like you're on the hook for at least 18 years generally. And so... I'm not recommending that you go out and rush into it, but I do think having a family is one of the most beautiful things that a person can experience in this life and the most rewarding and it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's hard to describe if you don't have kids, what it's like to have kids and the ups and downs and everything that goes on. It's in a way it's, it's not entirely this, but in a way, it is fulfilling the measure of your creation. It, but I'm not saying that everyone's here just to procreate. But if you don't have kids, you know, you're not contributing to the race, <laughs> right? In a way, and and to the to the uh, like, there's this misperception out there in, amongst the carbon crowd that somehow having children is that you're just going to consume, you know. Right, Human, as if humans are a blight. Yeah, hu- humankind, when properly taught, as opposed to taught by the public school system and the state, because the state is the public school system. Let's not mince words here. The gov- we have government schools, and the government schools are um, indoctrinating us. Anyway, you want to take a break? We're going to lose batteries here. Okay, we're so going to pause. Let me hit stop. All right. We missed uh, question two. How many of the world's one-year-old children today have been vaccinated against some disease? We said 50%. The correct answer was 80%. Man, those vaxxers are pretty effective. Right, right. 
I guess when you think about like there are there are a lot of public relation campaigns of just getting vaccines out there and well, kids shot in the arm whether they right well plus you've got all this not. western this western money going into NGOs who are vaccinating people in Africa again we'll post a link to the children's defense uh website it's is it just called children's defense or children's defense uh there's another it's word. Robert F Kennedy Jr's children's health defense.org right. is what it is um, they are trying to raise awareness about how damaging some of these vaccine programs are. And they, I think we've linked to the article before about how they've been kicked out of certain countries because they, their vaccines are sterilizing people. So the, the conspiracy theory side of this is that these very wealthy directed Western funded NGOs like the Bill and Melinda Gates related stuff are engaging in what we would call a eugenics campaign where they're trying to actually keep the minority populations down. And that's a, that's a possibility, but so their goal is to sterilize everybody. I mean, vaccinate everybody, <laughs> sterilize everybody. Well, Did yeah. I say that? that yeah. Way? Yeah. They, their goal is to sterilize a lot of people, actually. Just certain people, un undesirables. Yeah. The eugenics, the eugenics movement is an interesting uh, rabbit hole, and they were a lot more open about their beliefs and their uh, goals in the early days of the of the movement, which coincided with the Industrial Revolution, the birth of the Federal Reserve, the rise of Western communism and socialism. Right. It's a lot of the same people too. Right. It's pretty. It was pretty much not a secret that Planned Parenthood was created to try and keep the black populations down. Right. The the founder of Planned Parenthood is on the record of saying some pretty shocking things. Shockingly racist. Yeah. What was her name? Sanger. Sanger. I don't remember her first name. Barbara. Margaret. Or Mar Margaret. That's right. Okay. We missed one more question. Well, we we were we were talking about how. Um, the uh, sort of the prevailing idea is that women are being kept down, right? And then did you mention that about the, uh, is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, the, the years we missed the, so worldwide 30 year old men have spent 10 years in school on average. How many years have women of the same age spent in school? We said six years. Jordan's initial uh, instinct was correct. The answer is nine years. Yeah, so world world domination requires a, a suitably compliant population. And in order for the population to be compliant, you have to have public indoctrination. And so th the idea that there's a lot of uneducated people out there that haven't had a chance to be in school is a little bit of a misnomer. That That's one of the first things that, uh, that the controlling class has had to do in the last century is to try and, to try and control the, the world, is to indoctrinate the kids. And so they have to have a high level of schooling. And what, what amazes me, you know, the interesting thing about America, we spend more and more money on education and it gets worse and worse and worse. And we all, all like to complain that we're not, our kids aren't getting enough of a STEM, you know, science, technology. What's the E? I think engineering and mathematics. Mathematics, yeah. They're not getting, it's not environment, E for environment. <laughs> it probably will be it soon. It could be. We, we like to complain that they're not getting enough technical knowledge, and they're not. 
And what they're doing is they like they, they go to great lengths to make sure these kids spend a certain number of days in school every year. Like there are there are serious laws, budgetary requirements for these school districts to have the kids in class. Like they can't just have a snow day and be done with it. They have to make that day up for some ungodly reason. And that ungodly reason is because they need your kids. Uh, they need to keep them away from the moms and the dads because the moms and the dads might tell them something that's true. And the school system has to spend the time entertaining them, keeping them busy, and indoctrinating them, and also conditioning them in the groupthink. You know, stand in line, be part of this social order. It's interesting. Um, so here in... <clears throat> Here in our home state of Utah, there's been a few of the school districts that have had in-person learning since school started back in late August, but it's never been full-time the way we're used to. It's been, and, and our our kids both have been involved with this in-person learning, but the, uh, the schedule is four days a week, but a shortened day, so I think they cut an hour off of the day. They go Monday, Tuesday, they have Wednesdays off as a remote learning catch-up preparation day, and then they go Thursday, Friday. The predictable but maybe unintended consequence is that Tuesday has now become a, a second Friday night where kids are trying to stay out late and play and you know do stuff with their friends. But surveys have gone out asking parents if they'd like to continue next year something similar um have just four days of in-person learning and then a fifth kind of preparation remote learning day which under these under these under these guidelines this is my favorite political cartoon on the public schools a teacher cutting a round shaped bubble am i missing the bottom of it or is she just well these are all the oh yeah the Sorry, you've got the kids sitting at their desk, right? You've got the kids sitting at their desk, and they've all got a thought bubble above their oh, head. Oh, I see, I see. And so she's making sure they all think the same she's thing. She's cutting their thought bubbles into right, squares. Right, to match They're hers. all the same square, yeah. Yeah, well, so the school districts are considering continuing these abbreviated, we'll these abbreviated schedules, which I think is funny because they're so strict about these, you know, basically these quota of days. Oh, yeah. But now they can... Now they're okay with with shortening the days, having one fewer day. So that's why the alien invasion just seems to be looming because the public schools are like a critical piece in the uh, a critical cog or, or wheel or gear in the machinery of globalism in the machinery of world control. And you have some teachers unions that the Chicago teachers union comes to mind. They've gotten a lot of criticism over the course of this pandemic. Oh yeah, like here in Utah. Our kids have been in school four days a week, so they, they, they sanitize on Wednesday, which is what made me think of this political cartoon. We'll post it. But uh, they got a sanit they got to have a whole day dedicated to cleaning, which, by the way, they're probably not cleaning. You know, here's a tangent. No, they're not. I've been there on Wednesdays. Did I, did I point out that uh, I knew somebody at Costco that, that s they found out that the chemical was eroding, right. cor corroding the carts? And so all they were doing was wiping them down with a dry rag just to make a show of it because it was ruining their carts. Which is just fine because in it doesn't matter anyway. our we've always been at war with East Asia moment, you know, the 50th moment like that during this 
<clears throat> pandemic, <clears throat> pandem- <clears throat> pandemic, air quotes, <clears throat> pandemic. Uh, the CDC said that surface spread of the of the coronavirus is very rare. So in other words, one in ten thousand. Yet we'll another link to, we'll link to that article. Yet another thing. Yeah, that they did a study. They it's scared one, everyone. You, you into have a one believing. in ten thousand chance from getting it off of a surface. They call that fomite spread. Okay, so this quiz that we just took, I'm looking at some aggregate. Where are we in the bell curve? Share is it the bell curve. They, they don't have a. They kind of have a. Uh, yeah, they do. But it's not a. It's a. It's a warped bell. So this graph shows how many people got different number of correct answers. Only 10% scored better than random. 80% scored worse than chimps. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a picture of a chimp there. Chimps averaged a, a four answers correct. So we got nine? Yeah, so we were way up here. Oh, on ele- if you get 11 right, it says one person. 12 says none. Nobody got they, 12. They took the last question, question number 13. They took out of the these aggregate results because almost everyone, uh, which we, let's see, there was actually one question, number 13, which we have excluded because almost everyone, 80% of respondents picked the right answer. We have excluded that question because there wasn't any substantial ignorance about the climate experts' forecasts compared to the devastating ignorance we found about other global development. So in other words, the propaganda is working. On the global warming? Right. And see, this the oligarchy wants us to be concerned about certain things. Global warming, one of them. That's why we hear about it everywhere all the time. They're shifting from coronavirus into this climate crisis. They're using the same arguments that they use to lock us down and to close things and to limit movement and to limit travel. They're using that now just segueing right into climate change, which I said a number of weeks ago, the climate lockdowns are coming and I still stand by that. So that's going to create a, a revolution. I don't think I, they can pull that I off. I think that's what they want. They're, although I have read articles about Western states being in drought and they've, they've been floating the idea of a drought emergency. Right. And we, 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 our state right now, we are under a state of emergency right now in Utah, a drought emergency. Spent, Over, overlapping Governor, emergencies. Governor Cox declared a state of emergency about a month ago. Due, due For the to, drought? Due to the drought conditions. It's not even, we're not even done getting snow in the mountains. No, I know. But he's carrying on the tradition of his predecessors that right. to basically always have some sort of state of emergency. And most of, the, most of us don't even realize it. But we've oh. been under state of emergency for several months over the last decade. I need to do some research on that. But there's a, there's a lot of idiots in this world, and it's a problem when they become governor. So the most number of correct answers, speaking of idiots, is one. More people got one question right. Than and the than, question they got was, is the globe warming? Well, now, they took that out of those results. Okay, well, the, the globe... Only 10% of... of, of people scored better than chimps. I just got to say something about global warming because the the climate changes naturally. I want to get a bumper sticker that says climate changes naturally. Uh, the globe was a heck of a lot warmer during the time of the dinosaurs, right? And it's gone up and down and uh, we really are not affecting it. And we're in a slight warming trend and we've been in that trend since the colonists landed 
they kept they kept records. We know that the the sea level has risen a little bit, and that the temperature has gone up. the 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 fabrication here is the hockey stick and the concern and the idea that you need to pay Al Gore or Bill Gates or a bunch of the crony capitalists a lot of money to keep the globe from turning into water world. By the way, I watched Water World. Not at your request, but because uh, our buddy Edmund mentioned it in a text. So, and it's on Netflix. It was like, it popped up on Netflix and I, I looked around and saw there wasn't really interesting, anything interesting to watch. I declined to watch The Hateful Eight. I don't know why. Maybe too, it sounded too gruesome. And watched Waterworld over two nights. And then I watched Stranger Than Fiction last night. I stayed up way late. And I told myself I wasn't going to, I, you know, I, it was like midnight and I'm like, oh, I'm not ready to go to bed yet. I'll just watch this for a half hour and watch the whole movie, go to bed at two in the morning. Right. Uh, Stranger Than Fiction is, is great right up until the end, in my opinion. I don't remember the end specifically enough. But Well, we, we're, we should talk about that movie I'll watch Just because it. we like movies. I'll watch it again, and then we can talk about it. Yeah, I don't want to spoil the ending if you've forgotten it. This uh, Gapminder website has a whole bunch of like mini quizzes, and they, they say, you're probably wrong about, and then they list a bunch of topics. For example, you're probably wrong about female bosses. So I click that one, and it gives me a question. How many companies in the world have a woman as top manager or CEO? 2%, 10%, or 18%? Two. No, 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 no. How many? Read it again. <laughs> Two, 10, or 18. What was it? How many? How many companies in the world have a woman as top manager or CEO? Around 2%, around 10%, around 18%. What do you think? Given the kind of tone of the website, I'm just, I think it's 18%. I think they're trying to make us. See, it's so vague. How many companies? Right. Where are they getting their stats? So you're doing 18%? Oh, I got a star. You are you're right. right. Oh, I like this instant gratification. But 89% of people answer wrongly. Most assume the worst when asked about women's status in business. The misconception that female bosses are rare makes women underestimate their chances. You know, if they worded the question differently or just had a different set of answers, let's say the correct answer is 18%, but then the other two, the other two choices were... 25% and 40%, I think more people would maybe get that question right. Yeah. Because 25, 25 is realistic. 40 probably isn't just because of, of the world. But anyway, interesting website. Good place to go. And, and Do another one. What they call, they, they, their little uh, kind of uh, tagline is upgrade your worldview. Was that the only question <laughs> on women? Yeah, these are just... Kind of okay, quick. so along those lines, I got another tangent here. Have you ever seen the documentary The Red Pill? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Well, it's on Amazon. Um, it's on Amazon Prime, so you can watch this for free if you've got Prime, I believe. Let's see. What share of countries in the world have laws against sexual harassment at work? 35, 55, or 75%? Well, it's one of the top two. It's got to be 75%. That's so easy to have laws. Some sort of a law. Right. There's a low bar. 
Another gold star. Gold 75%. star. 75%. But 92% of people answer wrongly. See, there's a lot of idiots in the world. It's the propaganda. The problem is when they become governor. Yeah, it's the propaganda. So this is the Mind Virus show, so we have to talk about this stuff. Okay, the red pill from Amazon, it's inclu- it says it's included with your IMD TV subscription, or you can watch it free with ads on Amazon. The Red Pill documentary is a must-watch for everyone that wants to break out of the matrix here, especially related to uh, gender issues. This girl, this lady, cute uh, young lady, did a... um, She set out to do a documentary about these men who were activists for men's rights, like... She she's a feminist and she's like, oh, I've heard there's a group of there's a group of men out there that claim that they are being she set uh, out to discredit them. She set out to discredit them. She's like, these guys, these men are claiming they have the audacity to claim that that the world is working against them and that they're victims. And I'm going to go out and, and expose these guys as these crazy people. And so she goes out to do this documentary and she realizes they're right. The world is biased against men and it doesn't value men and that men are always sacrificing themselves and taking care of families and they're the ones that go out, fight the wars and do the high-risk jobs. They get taken advantage of repeatedly in divorce proceedings and custody battles and, and all of these things. She, she flips from feminist to like conservative in, in the documentary right. and at, at great risk peril to her future career and she gets into the history of the feminist movement and all kinds of stuff that's really interesting and i highly recommend that you that you take a look at it if you haven't seen it because it's so counter propaganda right like like it, it, it's glaringly counter propaganda you you look at that and what the mainstream preaches and you got to say well they can't both be true and they're so polarly opposed so diametrically opposed that there's really not that much truth uh, one of one of the sides has to be right and the other side has to be stark raving mad right i think we're seeing the same phenomenon with coronavirus the the news media uh, guys like fauci and governors they're saying one thing but our own eyeballs our own experiences and the data that's publicly available for anybody who wants to go look at it is telling a different story, you know? And so people are saying somebody is lying here. You know, there was this, it seems like it's sort of died down for a while there after, after Florida said, we're done with all this crap. You know, other governors chimed in like Gavin Newsom from California said it was absolutely reckless. Fauci said it was it was insane. Mm-hmm. President Biden said it was Neanderthal thinking. That was about Texas. Actually, these quotes are about Texas. Small correction. They're about Texas. When Texas ended their, ma- their mandates. I don't <laughs> think anyone's still alive in Texas. There was a pandemic. And <laughs> World War Z, well, I Am course, Legend happened. Si- and- since then, Texas actually is doing fine. And their hospitalizations are low. Their deaths are low. What's funny is the, the COVID rates are going up in states that are continuing the draconian measures. right but they're going up exactly the way they did last year in fact i was following what you're this, trying to say is it follows this seasonality i was trend. following some of this data and michigan peaked almost to the day that it did last year like these these are seasonal seasonal patterns and trends 
And so, yeah, you know what? This summer, since we're since we're measuring everything in hypersensitive terms, this summer you're going to see a little rise in Arizona and Texas, Southern California, because they tend to spend more time indoors during the hottest months of the year. Oh yeah. And you just you have the it's just seasonal patterns and so trends. So what you're saying is this is a seasonal cold. Yes. A common one? Extremely. Oh. <laughs> you know, our uh, our I can't let a week go by without pointing out our own uh, local propagandists. Did you join the Rona squad? You the, know, I tried. I tried and they said, "Are you willing to formation? wear a hat that has little coronavirus tentacles coming off of it and i said like no. an afro and they uh, yeah i said no and they so they turned down my application really they said are you willing to say that the vaccine is safe and effective and it's how we get our lives back and i said no probably not going to say that and they said but it's safe and effective and it's how we get our lives back and then they said well if you're not willing to do that are you willing to dance naked in the street while yelling the end is near I, what I told them, I and said, they sent your email to the FBI. <laughs> what I told them was that I would be willing to stand outside of grocery stores doing cartwheels, doing Corona cartwheels. And that if every, and trying to get every customer who walked into the store to do a Corona cartwheel to help slow the spread. Oh. I told them I would do that. Okay. How'd and they that... said, and they said, how to, how would that help I slow the saw, spread? I think I saw an ad campaign for that the other day. Maybe you're the one that catalyzed that. They said, that. how would that help slow the spread? I said, the same way that masks help slow the spread. It's just a belief. If you believe it, it'll help slow the spread. Right. I'm waiting to hear back. Okay. I don't think they're going to. But they also said that as long as there is anyone. 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 Any one person. Susceptible to coronavirus, we have to keep masking. Well, <laughs> there's some. There's always there's eight billion people. There's always somebody that's going to get a cold, and SARS-CoV-2 is endemic. Which it's everywhere. It's not you know. It's just part of the world now, just like all the other coronaviruses, rhinoviruses, mind viruses, flu viruses. Anyway, here's another one. Endemic, a disease or condition regularly found among particular people. Well. It doesn't always have to be a disease or condition, but something that's regularly found among a particular people or in certain areas, like, quote unquote, complacency is endemic in industry today. I would say complacency and incompetence is <laughs> endemic in government today. Here's one. What share of the population in high-income countries like Germany and the USA live in extreme poverty? And they define that less than $2 a day. Less than one percent, around eleven percent, around twenty-one percent. Less than, less than, less than, the first one. Yeah. Gold star. You know what's funny is it 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 keeps the count of your little gold stars up here. They've I'll got your three for three. They've got this. They've they've got this gamified pretty well. This is like shooting free throws. Don't miss one. What share of the world's population don't have enough food to meet their daily needs? Eleven, twenty-three, or thirty-seven percent? I'd say eleven. See, they've got this to where they're 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 hoping now we've people. Now we figured it out. And and their their whole point is to point out that you're being propagandized. Yeah, and that we all tend to think that the world is a lot worse than it than it actually is. It doesn't. 
mean that we downplay the problems or, or ignore the, the actual problems. But the point is that these problems are being addressed and are being improved on. The question is, the question is how, you know, and what's the best way to go about doing that? Is it these unaccountable NGOs like the UN or is it? See, I don't think that's a question we should answer. Right. The free market has to answer that. People have right. to answer that. Right. Don't, don't tell people what to do, Bobby. Well, the 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 question isn't even asked in the mainstream. It's, right. It's should a, we not answer this question? Should we not? Bill that, and Melinda Gates are philanthropists. They're philanthropizing about how to answer these questions. <laughs> um. Okay. So what I want to talk about now that I've derailed you off of what you want to talk about is how okay this get how this gets in the public mind and why we're so susceptible to it like because i watched Waterworld, right there's a lot people love a good apocalyptic movie right like the world's gonna end type of a movie there's a lot of those out there and is uh the world ending because life is imitating art or is that in our psyches because it's the eschatological end game, meaning we've all known from the beginning that this that this temporal world was going to come to a cataclysmic end, and because it's in the prophecies and the the great enlightened ones have seen the vision of it. I mean, what what's the deal there? Yes, yes, I think it's both. I mean, we. I watched an apocalyptic movie last night. As well, what was it? The Road. Oh, okay. I've mentioned The Road here, and I. That's one I'm afraid to watch. Was it gruesome? Not really. Okay. There was a few little spots. It's more of a um, kind of low key. Um, suspense. Can I give it like a spoiler alert? Non spoiler alert. I've never seen it, so this is just pure conjecture. But is it about cannibalism? Cannibalism is mentioned, but it isn't really um, front and center. It's a threat, and it's something that the two characters worry about. So the back story on the road is that it's a father and a son in a post-nuclear world. They don't the book or the movie don't really um, explain what explain happened. what happened. Oh, did you ever watch the movie How It Ends? No. Okay. I'm not going to tell you how it ends. Anyway, they're traveling. They're trying to get to the coast. Okay. There's this idea that there's... Uh, Better uh, weather? or Yeah, it's warmer, but the, and it looks to me like it's... Maybe they're on the East Coast and they're traveling south, maybe to try to get to a warmer climate. Mm-hmm. They never really uh, explicitly say what where they're at. <clears throat> But they're so they're traveling along an old broken road, you know, freeway or something. And they go through little towns and big towns, you know, big cities, and they scavenge along the way. It's very much like a a post-apocalyptic video game where they're looting corpses. Looting the corpses. And digging through, you know, trash cans. And but so they're they're working their way south. And along the way, they kind of have to avoid these gangs that have formed and are basically roving the countryside doing the same thing, but much more violently. They're keeping humans locked up in basements, you know, basically like food, a food source. And 
So it is about cannibalism. But it's it's never you never see it really. You never see the cannibalism, and it's it's more of a a, a threat. It's a background threat. Yeah, but that's kind of like <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that kind of anxiety. <laughs> um, it's that's, not that's a, like the overtone, isn't it? It's not a happy story. Like, doesn't the guy keep a? He's got like one bullet, and it's for his kid in case they get captured or something. Or yeah, basically. Yeah. Did I just spoil the whole thing? No, no. Okay. No, there's not really that, a plot. There's not really a, a there there is, but there it's just them trying to live from day to day and it's not a happy movie. I think I think in some ways it might be a little bit more realistic of uh of a story given that settings. I I think we would I think we would really deteriorate quickly in in that sort of a setting where there was you know the world population was reduced by 90 percent and the world was destroyed Mm -hmm. and all we had was what we could scavenge i think you would see gangs and alliances start to form and you might see so the idea is they're going south the idea is that there's there's people there that have that are rebuilding or reestablishing a Mm -hmm. humane world enclave or society So they're trying to get to Zion. Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. Do you ever see um, the Book of Eli, Denzel Washington? No. Oh, that's pretty good. You're looking at me like, what? No, no, no. It's, I, I hadn't seen it for a while. I, like, I've, there's lots of movies I haven't seen. I was just curious. I, I like the apocalyptic genre, but uh, that one's similar. He's traveling and he comes across... Com- communities that are more established but they're it's kind of like uh mad max in a mm-hmm. way there's a little cannibalism going on but it's not as dark i've just i, I don't know these movies all kind of share something the in road common. seems dark to me that movie it's more bleak i would say the words bleak than dark i think you'd like the book of eli yeah i could look i'll look that one up but these movies all have something in common, and that's that they all start, including zombie movies, they all start after the cataclysm with really not much explanation about how or what happened. And I think that's easy because you don't have to have a budget to show a nuclear holocaust or something, but I think we're living through how it might happen, like incrementally, right? Mm-hmm. And just the the loss of human dignity and human rights and the rise of totalitarianism and anxiety and stress and saber rattling. There's a lot of saber rattling going on right now. Book of Eli's got an interesting twist. Um, It seems like these movies follow sort of a formula, right? Like the Mad Max formula. Waterworld falls. That's pretty much Mad Max on water. Right. And... Or uh, what it was it called? Road Warrior. Mad Max is a. I haven't seen Mad Max, the first movie. Mad Max and Road Warrior wasn't Road Warrior the Road Warrior like the second one. Yeah, yeah. Mad Max colon Road Warrior. Right. Yeah. Have you seen the first one? I did. I think when I was a kid. I haven't seen it. It's about like a motorcycle gang, and it. Yeah, it's like Mel Gibson's like twenty years old. Yeah, or and something, it's like in it? Australia. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I've I haven't ever got up the ambition to watch that one. Although it's on Netflix right now, I think. 
why watch Netflix when you can pirate thousands of movies? Um, there's not, I'm always disappointed when I go to Netflix because there's a few movies that I want to watch and then a bunch of junk. Right. It's okay. like regular TV. It's there's like regular TV with no a whole bunch of channels that no one ever watches. So, so yeah, the, so the apocalyptic formula is you have a, ro- a rogue lone, a lone wolf, Mad Max, or the Mariner, Kevin Costner character in Waterworld, and he encounters civilization, but he doesn't want to stick with them, but he's called to adventure, he's called to act, because there's always a competing evil faction that comes in wanting to steal that other, steal that other group's resources, and he has to set things right. He has to right the wrongs and survive and make it to the promised land. They have to make it to a, great, a better civilization where the world has not been destroyed or uh, where, where things are, are better. And it seems like the road probably kind of follows that or not. It no? does, but it's a lot more vague. Yeah. It's kind of like the original Red Dawn, too. They're trying to make it to free America. Yeah. The original Red Dawn is pretty good. Yeah. Um, I am legend. That one, it, it sort of follow. It doesn't really follow the same pattern. But the guy, they end up having to make it to the the vaccinated area or yeah. the place where there's no. And she's got the she's got the kid. Sam, so I I saw like the last half hour of that movie. You never saw the whole thing? No. But it was just recently. I saw the, like the last half hour. And so, spo- spoiler, because I've got a question here. Okay. So at the end, <clears throat> Will Smith is with the woman, right? And the zom- they're in the lab, and the zombies are coming at him. Yeah. And he pulls the pin on the grenade mm-hmm. and tucks the grenade and runs into the crowd of zombies and blows them up and blows himself up. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he just roll the grenade out the door and go with the woman to safety? Well, he wouldn't have had to sacrifice himself. Right. He didn't have to sacrifice himself. <laughs> but that was what he was made for. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like I said, I didn't see the whole movie, but I saw that and I was confused because she's like, she even says, because she goes into this little like, Chimney tunnel or chimney yeah. or something and she says there's room so it's and he's like he's like a, he's a, a man obsessed he's yeah. a uh what's his name uh from moby dick captain ahab yeah i guess but anyway i just thought that's the the first thing uh, we said when we were watching they're like why didn't he go with the lady <laughs> there's room well our, uh, yeah and then he was behind like a glass door right yeah like the, and this, was the problem that when he and they they keep throwing themselves at the door. Yeah, there there's this one zombie in particular that's like the big brute zombie. Well, it's his girlfriend that he's got, and he's testing. He yeah, there's a there's a zombie girlfriend laying on the table there. Was that his girlfriend in real life? Right. Like the I reason, said, I missed some. Okay, so some, so you missed the first part of it. So let me just. But he's run, been running the samples for this. Cure. Yeah, let me run you through the. Let, let me run you through. I am legend really quick. Okay. Okay, so you'll like how this starts. It starts with news clips of a famous doctor, a woman, and she is uh, going doing the morning show route, talking about how they have developed a vaccine for cancer, and the vaccine right. is 
safe, safe and effective. And effective. It's how we get our lives back. <laughs> it's how we, that's how they get their lives back. So everybody gets vaccinated for cancer, and then uh, the vaccine Trojan horses on them and turns them all into these zombies. Now, right. the zombies are quite... Um, they're fantastic. They're, yeah, they're, they're powerful. Like superhuman. They, they've kind of got this hive or pack mentality, but they also are seem to be impervious to pain. The sunlight, they can't be in the sun. The sun fries their skin. But they seem to be impervious to pain, and they seem to be superhuman. Like, they can jump higher. They can... They're super strong. They... See, there's two. They're, they're like anim, like super animals. There's two general zombie archetypes. There's that. There's the super strong zombie, and then there's the Walking Dead uh, zombie. The the dumb, slow. Feet. Yeah. And it's harder to have that zombie be a real threat. Like the people in the Walking Dead, I I couldn't handle watching the Walking Dead. The 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 people were so stupid. Like, how can you not get away from this thing that can't, it can't run, it can't open things, it can't use tools, it can't think, like, and yet they still somehow managed to just get killed by these stupid, slow zombies. Now, the other type of zombie, you see that in, in zombie movies like I Am Legend, like World War Z, like um, Zombieland, um, that's a little the more... superhuman zombie. That's more a little more of a threat, and I think that was created because some people realized the slow dumb zombie is slow and it's dumb. not doing it for bobby so we need a better zombie here <laughs> so anyway i am legend uh the will smith character captain neville uh, i think that's his name he is a is a military scientist slash doctor and he happens to be immune, like his blood or his whatever. He the the virus didn't affect him, or maybe he didn't get the vaccine. Anyway, he, but it's safe and effective. He knows too much about it because he's a military guy. <clears throat> anyway, he for whatever reason he's he's not affected, and he's in New York City, and the city is deserted. They did a really good job with the cinematography here, like making yeah. showing you this huge city overgrown with weeds and animals and so it was it's quite an impressive feat of uh, movie making anyway he is living his life he's got everything set up he goes out and he scavenges and he is also attempting experiments on rats and also zombies whenever he can catch one to see if he can formulate a serum or an antidote a vaccine for the vaccine a vaccine for the vaccine yeah and so that's what he's doing. He's also, he's also trying to, uh, he's got a radio broadcast out there saying, you know, if, if there's anybody out there, I'll be at the dock at a certain time. And, and so come and, come and meet me and we'll, we'll link up and I'll, I can help take care of you. Well, anyway, uh, in his course of activities, he ends up trapping a zombie girl and, the story sort of leads you to believe that this this super zombie, the one you were talking about, that seems more coherent than the other ones, leads you to believe that it's his girlfriend. Because that's that's why the zombies come after him is because they trapped he trapped okay. the wrong guy in that girl. scene. He trapped the wrong girl he, in that scene where he's behind the lab glass 
it's he's trying to reason with these zombies. He's saying, no, 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 I can cure you. I can mm-hmm. cure you. And I'm going, okay, I've missed a lot of this. So maybe it makes sense for him to try to reason with these creatures. No, it doesn't. But but it's sort of the, the <clears throat> futility of the whole thing. Right. Yeah. So the, so the super zombie, his girlfriend is the one on the table being experimented on. Had been cured or was right. being cured or was in the process or something. I think there's multiple endings to that show. Like if you have the DVD, which nobody has anymore, that's an interesting thing about uh, DVDs is you used to could do alternate endings. But now with Netflix, Amazon, online video, we've kind of lost the alternate ending, haven't we? Right. I can't remember what the alternate ending is, but in any case, there's a there's like a Zion, a, a world that, or, a, or an enclave of people that have, it's yeah, and the woman north. and her daughter—is it a daughter or son? It's a boy. Make it to that, to that place. Yeah, and she she has the cure, the sample, and the implication is that this will be duplicated, and everybody will live happily yeah. ever after. He—it's interesting because she says just straight up that God led her to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's right. led by the Holy Spirit or led by God. To find Zion. Yeah, there's that scene where he's saying everyone's dead. It's all stupid and futile. And yeah, and yeah, and he's really messed up because he's been living alone for a while. Did you watch World War Z? Have you seen that one? I've seen bits and pieces, and I've tried to read the book. I'm not actually a huge zombie fan. I find it also outlandish. Like I, I'm willing to watch some outlandish stuff. Well, I get drawn into the end of the world genre. Yeah, like right, but not everything. There's a few that I'm like. Yeah, I don't, want, I don't know if I want to spend the time on that, but there's a lot of them where I want to want to watch the end of the world stuff. And, and I, I can get into that, but I what I can't what what I don't like when my suspension of disbelief is too high. Is yeah, or, or you know, and and that's like with Walking Dead. Like, come on, guys! Like, just just run away at a slight jog. Right. You know, well, close the door. <laughs> World War Z and <laughs> I Am Legend is into the realm of super fantastic. You know, right, it's right. like way over the top. And so and, I can And see that's why. fine. That's fine. I Well, that's really a that's, suspend your disbelief. I, and I can do that. You, you don't like the suspend your disbelief in favor of a person being stupid. That's what you're... Right. I want people to act... You're okay with superheroes and supernatural for stuff. For sure. But, but people still need to act like logically and rationally in that universe. It's like the uh, and I don't I don't watch a lot of horror movies, but it's like where they they hear a noise in the backyard, and so then they go out in their bare feet, and they're gonna check it out, and it, the girl's not hardly wearing anything. Right? Have you seen and, the? I think it's a Geico commercial that clowns that. No, I haven't. Has this group of like teenagers? I haven't watched a lot of commercials in a long time. Like the only times <laughs> I really see commercials are when we're at a hotel and we're watching right. the table there. There's a group of teenagers, and there's a guy with like a. a mask on like and a jason a, mask yeah and a chainsaw i think or a pitch or a, a, he used a to pickaxe scare the hell out of me that guy right with the hockey mask now we're all supposed to wear masks it's the right thing to do it's the right thing. anyway this guy's trying to murder these kids and um they're like let's go hide in the shed full of sharp sharp <laughs> sharp tools and tools. objects and the one girl goes why don't we just get in the running car and drive away <laughs> and they all look at her and go what are you thinking that would be crazy <laughs> And one of them goes, I think I'm going to go take a shower. Like, so they clown on that. Cause it's, it's the same thing. Like act, do things that are rational. Even well, if you're living in a fantasy world, that's what makes things, that's what makes 
fantasy, sci-fi, that's what makes it compelling is when you still have people. They're trying to behave rationally. Yeah, you can have a world full of magic and monsters and all kinds of crazy stuff. As long as the people behave rationally. As but long you, as they try right, to act in their right. in the interest in the interests that you would expect from the character. When I uh there was a I think it was the day after tomorrow. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, uh, that's uh, Dennis Quaid, Jake Gyllenhaal. That's the one where the the cold is literally chasing people. Is uh, is Maggie Gyllenhaal his sister? She's got to be. Yeah, but she is she the one that she's, passed away. Uh, I don't know, but she's in Stranger Than Fiction. Oh, is she? Yeah, like she's she's younger, uh, kind of. I, I kind of hate it when they when they put these super young hot girls with these older ugly guys. Like Will Ferrell's not that. Oh no, she's looking. still alive. Who am I thinking of? There there was a an actress that kind of looked like her that died. So Will Ferrell's fifty three years old, and Maggie Gyllenhaal. She's forty three years is 43. old. Is forty three. So I guess that's not that's not that disparate of a match. Where it's really terrible is the James Bond movies, where you've got like geriatric uh, <laughs> Sean Connery whole, or Daniel Craig. That's and the whole idea, though. The hot young girls. That was all. Yeah, or like when uh, what what was it a Bond movie that I think it was uh, Denise Richards played like a. The world's leading biophysicist or something. That's uh, <laughs> that's one of the Pierce Brosnan ones. Right. There's like an oil pipeline. What is that called? You got a 24 year old supermodel that's also a biophysicist. Like like the world's leading. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yep. But the day after tomorrow was suspend so your suspend your disbelief. The day after tomorrow, there was just, like I saw it in the theater. In the theater. The movie lost the theater. The theater was scoffing and oh, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> there was one scene where all these Americans are flooding the Mexican border. Yeah. Because everyone's fleeing south, right? Because there's the like these polar, is... these polar vortexes yeah. take the northern hemisphere and by storm. There's a... And freeze people on like icicles instantly. Yeah. And you can see the, 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 the cold is chasing people and like you can duck into a doorway and stuff. You can like... beat the cold. Yeah. And... There's a scene where there's a reporter at the border of the of Mexico, and all these people are crossing the border southward. And the reporter, right, they're, re they're re refugees now. The reporter, or the, there's a quote from like the Mexican president. He's like, "We will not tolerate these this illegal immigration." And the reporter says something like, "In order to get U.S. citizens into Mexico, the United States has agreed to forgive the national debt of Mexico." <laughs> And someone in the theater is like, yeah, all right, this is so stupid. Like, <laughs> and they just lost it. Well, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of terrible when, and it happens all the time in Hollywood, but when they get these, um, these social justice causes, like, or, or what I call, I guess, leftist, leftist oligarchy <laughs> causes where they're, they're clearly promoting the global warming narrative, and then they have to throw in the illegal immigration thing or the the immigration deal and, and turn it on its head. Now it's kind of bugging me. The actress that passed away that I thought was Maggie Gyllenhaal. There's somebody that I always got those two mixed up. Brittany Spears. No, Brittany. L let's say a name. You say the first thing that comes to, to mind. Daniel. Boone. Okay. Brittany Murphy. Murphy. Brittany Murphy. 
I used to get her mixed up. I think she's the one that, yeah, it says she died of pneumonia at age 32 in 2009. I used to get her mixed up with Maggie Gyllenhaal. That oh. kind of looked similar. Oh, yeah. It says here she died of COVID in 2009. <laughs> right. um, yeah, that's too bad. COVID is really a dangerous disease. and It's um, so dangerous it's you can go been, back in time. I think it's uh, figured out how to manipulate the space-time continuum. We, need, we might need to watch some of those old movies again and make sure nobody's died of COVID. Well. Like uh, in Back to the Future, all the Star Trek episodes about time travel. It's uh, possible. Time Cop. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, well, machine. that would be a that would be a good um, litmus test for the Mandela effect to go back and see if if anyone's died of COVID before COVID. In these old movies, you know, a good place to start would be like old uh, older Grey's Anatomy episodes or other you know General Hospital or these hospital, hospital. doctor shows. Maybe they've died of COVID. Well, <laughs> well I want to talk about Alex Jones for a minute. Okay. <clears throat> Are we, to the bre- are we to the breaking point, listeners? Give us some feedback. <laughs> well, I think, I think, no, I think we have had a thread today, and that's just a lot. There's misconceptions in the world, and people believe things that just aren't true. And why? Well, there's, you could have ignorance, but also just a ton of misinformation. We're being deliberately misinformed. You know, the average person thinks that, like, um, you know, two million people have died of COVID. COVID. When the and the number is much smaller, and the average person thinks it's much more deadly than it is. That, that well, and the stats are are being uh, inflated as much as possible to blame as much as possible right. on COVID. And you mean two million in the United States, right? Right, they'll right, say right. Two million people have died in the world because of COVID. Well, the 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 the, the number right now in the U.S. is you know five hundred thousand, and right, but that number is. Rel- relative to 8 billion, that's how many people die of the common cold and flu every year. Well, not 8 billion. 8 billion in the world? Well, there's not even that many people on the earth. How many? 7 billion? Yeah, 7, 7 point, point something 7 billion. Point something. Okay, I'm just rounding up. <laughs> rounding up by a billion. But okay, so to 7, 7.5 billion people, if you have 2 million people die of the cold, that's a, that's a non-event. Right. Well, yeah, every year... Well, you were saying, did you say 8 billion die from the cold? Or no, I said of eight, out of 8 oh, billion. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe we could roll the tape back. We should, <laughs> we should have, if we ever get uh, famous, we can have an assistant that can like play the tape back. Like, no, no, Your Honor. Like Joe, what he said like Joe was, Rogan has? Yeah, I don't know if they ever go back, though, there. But they have the guy Googling stuff up, like fact-checking. Yeah. Uh, but see, again, because of the bias of Google, I don't think that's an accurate fact-check. Like, there's a lot of... Like the last Alex Jones Rogan uh, Joe Rogan podcast I watched was in December or November of last year, and I posted all these on last week's podcast. So if you want to go down the rabbit hole, you can watch these from that podcast link. I posted links to the BitChute ones, which will probably not be taken down, and they're still on YouTube too. So YouTube's a little bit more reliable as far as streaming than than BitChute is, but. Uh, you know, they sit there and Google the stuff and Alex has a good memory and he's read, he's read all this stuff. And I think that we're quickly approaching the time where a lot of these stories are being disappeared and you won't be able to find some of the, the evidences that Alex or other conspiracy researchers have identified because, uh, Google is 
doctoring the results. That's, that's I think, a real looming problem. The, by changing the internet, they change reality. Speaking of changing reality and changing the internet, I'm reading a little bit about this Brittany Murphy death. Mm-hmm. You know, the headline says she died of pneumonia, pneumonia, pneumonia. Well, is there a car wreck involved? It says that uh, on February 4th, 2010, the Los Angeles County coroner stated that the primary cause of Murphy's death was pneumonia with secondary factors of iron deficiency, anemia, and multiple drug intoxication. Oh. Oh, so there's the kicker. So she was killed by a police officer. On February 25th, 2010, the coroner released a report stating that Murphy had been taking a range of over-the-counter and prescription medications, with the most likely reason being to treat a cold or respiratory infection. These included multiple, or these included elevated levels of hydrocodone, uh, acetaminophen, L-methamphetamine, so these are not these are not normal cold medications. Acetaminophen is that one of them? Yeah, acetaminophen. That's Tylenol, right? But methamphetamine, L-methamphetamine, and chlorofrenamine, chlorofrenamine. They were legal drugs. You are the PhD. Well, not in that. <laughs> anyway, I just think it's interesting, and I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't want to downplay. You know the the nature of her death but people say she died of pneumonia well it sounds like she died of complications due to a cocktail of drugs due to the medical and, establishment. and other and other health issues like anemia which is typical of what you have of most covid deaths oh they died of covid well they had a positive covid test but also had this these 14 different things or these mm-hmm. four different things like diabetes, obesity, or uh, pre other pre-existing conditions like being 86 years old. <laughs> Having lived a long and yeah, illustrious like, life. This, the, the Murphy death reminds me a little bit of Keith Ledger. Heath Ledger, excuse me. Right. Did he commit suicide or did he overdose on like uh, sleeping pills do you remember i think it was an accidental overdose is the official story because he was like really tormented by some of the roles he was playing and then he he was taking a lot of drugs and And i think if i remember right the story is he died during the filming of the dark knight series where he was playing the joker yeah really good joker like he was really really good and was if I'm again, I'm trying to remember right. We could always look this up, but would was working so many hours that he was taking sleeping pills to help him sleep because he was not getting enough sleep and had an accidental overdose or a reaction or something. Now, what's the truth? I have no idea. We just we never know. It's so hard to know. It might that might be the truth, but I don't know. That's the whole point of kind of the things we've been talking about today is. Here's, here's what Wikipedia says, and, and you're talking about truth. Sorry for interrupting. Well, actually, sorry, not sorry for interrupting. <laughs> um, I'd like to uh, offic- officially issue an apology to Bobby for interrupting his train of thought. Um, I'm sorry, but your train of thought was not interesting, and so I'm going to interrupt. Not sorry. It says on Wikipedia that the report concluded that Ledger died as the result, quote, 
of acute intoxication by the combined effects of oxycodone, hydrocodone, diazepam, temazepam, I think they're making this stuff up, diazepam, temazepam, alprazolam, and dioxylamine. Okay, somebody on Wikipedia was having fun with that. Diazepam, temazepam, alpazolam. Was there any marzipan? No. It added... We have, inclu- we have concluded that the manner of death is accident resulting from the abuse of prescribed med- medications. So he, he was uh, taking this f- for the various reasons that she pointed out. Do you remember pre-COVID, um, what, did, what did we decide that was called? BC, before COVID, uh-huh. or BP, before pandemic. Do you remember back in those days driving up and down the freeway here in our uh, illustrious- Locale? Locale. Do you remember all the opioid propaganda? Yeah, Opidemic. We were talking about that. Right. Um, Where'd that I, go? I think Apparently it wasn't a demic. Right. I think it's interesting that some of the same doctors that are telling us to hide in our homes, to wear a mask, to um, social distance, and to get this experimental vaccine are the same doctors that were over-prescribing the opioids. Just a just a thought there. Well, but yeah. So the nature of truth, and I think you've had too much to think. We, we, we get our information through filters, right? And the news media is a very thick, multi-layered filter, where the truth, the the actual truth, is stranger than fiction. Is right. It's it's stranger than fiction. No, it's just pure fiction. After it goes through their machines, their spin machines, and their you mean the actual filters. truth or the media. Well, the, the media, media is fiction. The media is fiction, but the truth is stranger the, than that. The truth is usually okay. stranger than that, but we don't always know even a little bit of the truth. I think sometimes it trickles through. I think sometimes you get, you know, the Vegas, the Vegas shooting. We talked about that. The Vegas shooting featured an interview with the shooter, the alleged shooter's brother. And this guy was spouting off some strange stuff. And they quickly erased him from memory. Mm-hmm. I was watching it. I think I mentioned earlier, I watched, I, I paid particular, particular attention to that event and the news coverage and things. I don't know why they interviewed this guy, but he was... He was a little bit off the rails. And I, at the time, I thought, this is the only guy telling the truth. Mm-hmm. This is funny because this type of idea shows up in movies like um, Men in Black. You know how they say the tabloids, we've got to read the tabloids for the news because everything else is bunk. Right. And it's, it's not just in that movie, but I've seen it in mul- multiple instances where the heroes realize that the truth is not being told in the mainstream and that's sort of a reveal like oh yeah the world is not the way you way it seems like uh the daily prophet in harry potter perfect mm-hmm. uh epitome of a, per- a perfect caricature of <laughs> the way the media acts incompetent right. and complicit and and so the the question is what is really going on and so I want to give a shout out again. Uh, go to the last episode for the p- links to the podcast between Joe Rogan and Alex Jones. 
they dive into what Alex Jones really thinks is going on. Right. And you want to talk about Alex uh, Jones. Well, so let's, I, let's, I don't know. Let, no, let's do, do it. You let's, want to talk about it? Yeah, let's get there. Okay. Well, what right off the bat, what, what are your impressions of those podcasts? You, the subjects discussed were was the true nature of, of aliens, and Alex Jones believes them to be interdimensional. And then the other topics were about how the government is working in concert with, or the oligarchy, not necessarily the government, because that was one thing Rogan called him out on. He's like, well, you just say the government. That What do you mean, like firefighters, like your local mayor? Okay, yeah, the, the, he's absolutely right. The government in general is such a sprawling, octopus-like largest organization. De- largest employer in the United yeah, States. To say, to say just the government is is misleading because then it, it, right. it brings to mind all kinds of different things for different people. So when we say the government, I'd say secret factions or or elite factions in the oligarchy who have control of the most significant lever, levers of government, that they are involved in the occult and that they're collaborating with extraterrestrial or supernatural entities and that they're trying to form a breakaway society. They're trying to essentially divide. They, they recognize there's a division going on between the common people who are being managed like a herd of cattle and the elites who want to, they want to take for themselves and isolate or, or set aside all the resources of the earth for themselves and, and push people into cities and manage them like a herd of cattle, and th- that's that's ultimately what's going on in the world. And so Alex Jones was explaining a lot of his ideas to Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan was kind of going back and forth. And they, of course, it's kind of a f- fun show to listen to him to him uh, banter back and forth. And it's a this is not a family show. It's a lot of f words, a lot of s h i t words, and they. They just range all over the place. But the main thing that they discuss are these topics because Alex is on a mission, and that's what he talks about. That's what he, that's what he has been trying to tell people for 20 years. He's, right. he's, he's in his mid-40s, and he's just, like with laser-like precision, has focused on this one thing or this, this one topic, and is perhaps... I mean, if if he's correct, it is the most important topic of our existence. It's about the nature of our existence, right? So, anyway, what that's the recap for the listeners as, as far as what the subject matter was in general. Now, remember, these podcasts run like three, four hours long. But it's, yeah, and it's been a while since I've seen them. What's your what's your thoughts? I mean, you watched them, and then I thought they were super entertaining. Like so I, from an entertainment standpoint, they were fun. Like, they were okay, really fun, fun because at one point, you know, uh, <clears throat> I think it was the, they, he did two recent ones. Uh, um, and one of them, Joe had another comedian on and he, he trolls Alex a bit and Alex doesn't realize he's being trolled and Alex about jumps on the table and his head almost explodes. I'm not sure I saw that one. Which, which one was I this? I think that was the first of the more recent two that he's done. Was it the one where the guy, the other guy was a jujitsu practitioner, the flat earth guy? No, well, uh, maybe. Cause there's one that the, the third one was, had, they had a, a white guy on who I think was a comedian. Yeah. The heavier guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he was wearing a free Gislaine Max. Yeah. Yeah. What's her name? Maxwell. Yeah. Shirt. No, I think, <clears throat> 
I think Alex Jones is easily dismissed. And with that, the whole movement, the, you know, what might be called the truth movement or the conspiracy theory movement is dismissed with him. And I, I think that's one of the reasons he gets the attention that he does is to say, look at, look at these nuts. Because he can easily be dismissed or thought of as a crazy person until you actually listen to him. And there's times where, yes, he goes off the rails and he'll start screaming. But he's got a lot of interesting thoughts and he does hit certain topics that are really important that deserve more attention and more questioning and, okay. and more attention. So the, the first episode was Joe Rogan made a special effort to make sure that it was podcast number 911. He literally like went out of his way to make sure Alex right. was on for the 9-11 episode. And Alex... And the guy, the guy with him was named Eddie Bravo. He's tattooed. Yeah, Eddie is Bravo's that the, is the that one the guy who... he almost came off the, yeah, across the yeah, table? Yeah, Like they were trying to choke each other out and they were... And the whole time Eddie really was just teasing him and, and, and it just went right over Alex Jones' head. Well, because he, he wanted to respond to all the, right. the criticisms because he gets criticisms like that all the time. He does. And, and, the, and he got a ton of it for... Um, Sandy Hook. Uh, Alex and that's Jones, the main thing they discussed in there. Yeah, and his take on Sandy Hook, which we don't necessarily need to go into, but basically, well, the basics of it was that he was think he was saying that there was some shenanigans involved with that event. Well, I think the, and he, the the idea is that there appear to be crisis actors in some of these events, people right. that show up in the same places, and when there the, has I, been the idea, yeah, and the idea is that the response to the particular event is staged or the whole event is staged. And so some people heard Alex help propagate the idea that maybe all the events at Sandy Hook weren't real and maybe the kids weren't really killed or something as he was theorizing about that on on the air and other people took it too far and started to harass the families. And I'm not sure that there's going to be a court case that works itself out there and, he, and both things can be true. Money. Both things can be true. You you had you could have kids that were actually harmed and killed, and also have elements of the event that were orchestrated. You know, both it, both things can be true. And I think these school shootings are all kind of interesting. The Parkland, Florida one. You know, you had a cop that basically just let it happen. Um, anyway, that's a whole other whole a whole another topic whole for other another rabbit day. Hole. The uh, I can't find the name of the other guy, but I did make a note on the podcast page that Alex predicted the widespread use of vaccines for population manipulation in episode 1255 at approximately one hour and 53 minutes into it aired in February 28th, February on February 28th of 2019, one year prior to the pandemic, he was talking about the vaccine phenomenon. And that's the, that's sort of the big question with Alex Jones, Alex Jones. Is he legitimate or is he a controlled opposition? Well, if he's crazy, why does all this stuff keep happening? Right. If he was crazy, you would just dismiss him as such and never, he would never get any uh, attention. He obviously has a big audience and it resonates with people. And I think someone that's crazy wouldn't have a big audience that resonates with people because people have 
people have sensors. They have their little spidey senses and they can see, you know what, this guy is fun, but he's off the rocker. I don't think that's why people listen to Alex Jones. He is fun and he can go off the rails, but I don't think that's why people listen to him. Well, he, the way his mind works is a lot like yours and mine, which I think is, is in the minority. Uh, that's, a, that's a topic we want to talk about. By the way, we already got one of our slots for June filled by a friend of mine who uh, is a structural engineer. He wants to talk about 9-11 maybe a little bit. Cool. And other topics. Let's see. He said, let me pull him up here. So listeners, you can chime in if you don't want to hear about 9-11. He also wanted to talk about self-ownership, the non-aggression principle, volunteerism, Zion, how will its economy work? Will it have a government? And then you want religion, do you? No, I actually don't. <laughs> so <laughs> that might be interesting. Well, uh, I, think, I think this is the guy that we called Copernicus. I forget uh, our nicknames. We might need to come up with another nickname because that's a long, that's a lot of syllables. Copernicus. I guess it's only three. Four. Four. Copernicus. Okay. Good. Very good. <laughs> anyway, Alex, Alex Jones is a strange phenomenon and his, his brain works differently than most people. He's an abstract, nonlinear thinker. Okay. Which means, remember we were talking about the uh, corkboard. Uh, the meme. Yeah, the, it's a. It shows up in movies all the time where the the guy's trying to solve a mystery, Sherlock Holmes is, or somebody, and so he puts up all these things on a corkboard, and then he puts red or uh, yarn or some sort of a string between the the different thumb right. tacks, and everything gets all. It looks kind of kind of jumbled, but they all it all makes sense because everything's connected. And as he was going off on Joe Rogan and Eddie Bravo and these other guys. He, uh, he just launches, he, he tells you one bit of evidence and then he's got to tell you all the other connected evidence. So they wanted in the, in the second or third episode of the podcast, they wanted to start fact checking him and they're like, Oh, hold on a second. You can't tell us this because we got to look it up and see if it's even real. And then, and then you get lost in the minutia. When you look at the big picture, when you look at the, the overall picture, and we discussed this in the Hidden Picture episode, where we went through 150 years, 200 years of secret combinations. When you look at the overall picture of events, that, I think, carries equal weight as whether or not we can prove any one specific event, right? Just because you can't prove that there are nefarious motives relative to the coronavirus vaccine does not mean that those, those vaccines are not dangerous, right? The, does it make, make sense what I'm talking about here? The idea is that we may not be able to, in a court of law, prove the reality of something. And in a lot of cases, the things that Alex is talking about, they are proven. They're demonstrable fact. You have eyewitnesses, whistleblowers, all kinds of source testimony. They just weren't accepted as true by, say, CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN. And I think a lot of, a lot of people in, the, in what we call the mainstream thought channel they're waiting for an authority figure to come out and tell them this is truth, and then that's what they'll accept as truth. You can, I, have, I have relatives, I have friends where I'll, I'll send them 
evidence after evidence after evidence after evidence after evidence of why uh, a thing is a certain way, but it's because it's not mainstream approved or widely accepted, they're they're unwilling to to really believe it. We have that happening right now. We're living through that with masks. I think so, and that's what's that's what's you know, so crazy about the current situation. For months, if not you know years, if you go pre-COVID pandemic research. The, the 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 verdict on masks was pretty clear. It was not much benefit, if any. But you can show people those studies. You can show people data where there's mask mandates and yet cases go up, and they they deny it. They just say, nope, nope, nope. I'm waiting for Fauci, or I'm waiting for the well, governor. They, might, they don't waiting. say that. They, they'll, they might agree with you to your face, and then their actions belie that right. they disagree and that they believe the way that you just said. Well, and it's interesting that, you know, here locally, when the mandate lifted people started taking the masks off, meaning that there, that was the validation that they needed, was that mm-hmm. it was no longer a rule. I think it's interesting. I looked up Alex Jones and Joe Rogan. It was Tim Dillon was the other Tim guest Dillon, okay. with the free Ghislaine shirt. But TheVerge.com, uh, which is desperate to be a, a mainstream mm-hmm. news source, and they're kind of technology-related and mm-hmm. things. Pretty trashy garbage journalism, but they have a story from last... October says Joe Rogan is already letting Alex Jones spread misinformation on his Spotify show. Hmm. Already, he's had Alex Jones on for a long time, and Joe Rogan's always been controversial. And that's the point. The reason he's controversial is because he'll have people on and let them share their worldviews. And he has different. He has people from all walks of life. It makes him popular. That's <clears throat> that's why people tune in at such a high. Uh, rate that so many people want to listen to it because it's genuine. You know whether he agrees with them or not, he lets people come on that the mainstream has ostracized. This is a funny paragraph. Jones, who previously claimed that Sandy Hook Sandy Hook was a hoax, also said that quote a lot of studies show end quote that masks won't protect people in large groups from getting COVID. It's interesting how that's not aged that well. And I don't think Jones called. Sandy Hook a hoax just blanket he reported on the possibilities and he talked about how but, other other events have had but this aspects is a, that were this staged, is a really like the, like the Las Vegas this shooting. is a really subtle sleight of hand propaganda technique is that they she this author is connecting uh calling Sandy Hook a hoax with saying that there are studies that show masks are ineffective. Right. She's putting those on equal ground. Well, there are studies that show that masks are ineffective. Mm-hmm. In fact, all the studies on masks show that they're ineffective. There's Except not a the single... BYU study. Tell us about the BYU that study. That wasn't a study. It was what a, did they do? It was a meta-analysis where they took studies and looked at them and decided to cherry-pick things and say masks work. Well, if you go and look at the linked studies, the studies don't show that at all. What they show is that there's inconclusive evidence that masks do anything at all the so gen- then we're looking for byu essentially as Some people at byu right but they're a but the state of utah i'm not happy with byu i graduated from byu but <clears throat> as did i the state of utah kept using that with honors to say masks just work the health the department of uh, health it's uh, written into the head, department of health order he got up and said masks work period Masks just work, period. That's a direct quote. And I'm going, you have no grounds to make that statement. 
And then they say with the BYU study, well, it's not a study. Mm-hmm. It was not a random controlled trial. And this was before the Dan Mask study was released, which has been suppressed and pushed to the side. Mm-hmm. The Dan Mask study is a Danish, Danish RCT yeah. that is the only RCT on masks on ever conducted on a mass scale because everybody's admitted before then that to do an RCT on a mass scale with masks would be unethical because you would have to mask people. Mask people. They well, didn't need to be masked. This study came out and it showed n- neutral at best. The masks did nothing at best and that there could be also be some harms. And there's been some other data and uh, hypothesis more recently that masks are indeed doing harm to people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, it's not <laughs> our the, listeners know how I feel about masks. masks. The thing is with the coronavirus episode, uh, we, what, we, what we need to call this... Uh, and maybe maybe this is the name of the episode. I don't know. These are glitches in the Matrix. If you've seen the movie The Matrix, Neo has an experience where he he sees a cat on a stairwell or something, and then he sees the cat again. And he says to his compatriots, Oh, deja vu. And they start talking about how glitches in the Matrix portend cat catastrophe, right? And how when, when you see when you see a problem that that, you know, don't don't just take it as, oh, that's just a small thing that they're, that they're 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 interconnected events. And when you see the glitch or when you have deja vu, that means that something's changed. Something's there's that there's a problem here. So what we are experiencing in the last year and a half or the last year, roughly with um, since March. Actually, it's the last year and a half because you had the whole China thing. Yeah, it really started in January. Yeah, these are glitches in the matrix. These are things that are supposed to wake people up to the nature of reality. Meanwhile, the controllers are using them to try and further suppress the minds of the people. So there there have been ample... It's not just the mask thing. It's the vaccine thing. It's the propaganda. It's the whole complete and total... Um disregarding of all the statistics i mean you don't get vaccinated for something that's not going to kill you 99.99 percent okay kids see they're trying to vaccinate kids and young people and one of the arguments is we vaccinate so that it doesn't kill people right but then because measles and mumps and all those childhood diseases aren't that dangerous they have to retreat to a, a another mental position a further back where they'll say well Actually, the reason we the reason we um, vaccinate people is because there's a societal cost, and you know people get sick, and we want to avoid the sicknesses and the potential side effects. You know, people can go blind or deaf because, and and that's only that has only happened in limited instances. It used to happen back before people could go to the hospital, before they had good sanitation and medical right. care, and understood these diseases. So it's really not a problem. If you get mumps or measles or whatever, you go see your doctor, they're going to they're gonna keep an eye on you, and they're going to send you home. And you're going to quarantine for a couple of weeks. That's, that's the way it really works. But there's so much conjecture and fear-based motivation out there that that people think, oh, we need to vaccinate. And so then the vaccinations have gotten a stranglehold on the medical establishment and even to the point where they've gotten statutory, Im, um, their immuni- they've gotten their own immunization, legal, legal um, 
protections. Protections, yeah. Uh, legal immunity for many damages their vaccines might cause. But uh, the the point is the, the point is that there you don't get vaccinated if okay. So so first of all, it was death. That was the reason why we get vaccinated to avoid death, and secondly, to avoid the symptoms. Well, kids. Young people, adults, people under the age of 30, they don't get symptoms and they don't die. Like 99.9999%, whatever it is. It's, a, it's an infinitesimally small number of people. And, they've, and you know that the statistics where, where they've actually found children and young, young adults that have died from COVID, there, there are 94% other comorbidities right. that contributed to it. So, so you don't get vaccinated. And, and they're, they're pushing, the fact that they're pushing the vaccines on all of these people who have no, absolutely no reason, no logical reason to get vaccinated is a glitch in the matrix. It's absurd. So these are the things that are supposed to wake us up to the fact that things are not as they seem. And then you have to, and so going full circle, then it's like, well, the guy they interviewed, the crazy dude about the Las Vegas shooting, well, yeah, maybe he is, maybe it is true what he said. Or, right. you know, it's- maybe... We don't know what happened at Sandy Hook. I, it's a tragedy when anybody gets killed. But, you know, that I, I've mentioned on the show before, I think that there could be nuclear bombs go off in major cities in America, mushroom clouds over America, and we would be entirely dependent upon the lying corporate press to tell us who to hate, to tell us where those missiles came from. They, right. could be, they could be suitcase bombs. They could be truck bombs. They could be, and it could all be completely fake. It could not even happen. And they could tell us it happened. Your thing fell over. They, yeah, they, well, that's the thing with 9-11. Right. With, with World Trade Center 7. It's like you saw the building fall and then they told you why it fell and who to hate. This um, sentence in this Verge article about Rogan and Jones is here she lets the uh, the agenda loose. Loose. She, she says, masks it. Although Rogan attempts to fact check Jones live by asking for his sources and then attempting to search and pull up links during the recording, it doesn't take away from the fact that he is giving Jones a place to share his views. That's why she's ticked off. Which Jones is, was able to provide sources, which is fundamentally flawed. And this man shouldn't have a place to share his views. How right. un-American, how unfreedom, how unliberty, how unrighteous is this idea that this man is so anathema to society that he can't share his views? Yeah, he, we can't he, even hear his views. Well, if his views are so outlandish and so off the rails, what's the harm in hearing them? See. This is what, and and Alex Jones was one of the first that started to get banned and pushed off of big big platforms. He also had other guys, um, and now we're seeing researchers and scientists and doctors and professors being being banned because their views, like she says, this this journalist quotes, is saying that these people have a place to share their views. And their views are contrary to what we want everybody to believe. The subtitle on this article says, Jones spreads misinformation about masks and vaccines. She can't, she can't it's actually, not even she doesn't there, right? cite, she doesn't cite any of the misinformation or why it's misinformation, nor does she counter it. She just says that he 
has views. Right. <laughs> right. And that's what, if you look at most of these mainstream articles where they denounce people like Alex Jones or the Great Barrington Declaration, which are which was authored by people so far from Alex Jones. You know, these are We're about credentialed three, epidemiologists, three highly health respected, professionals, scientists, highly cited, like people teaching at Stanford and Harvard and stuff like that. Yeah, they took a Stanford, a Harvard, and a Oxford. Uh, they got the trifecta. So they've got you pe- got you West got the Coast, West Coast, East Coast, East Coast and England, and England. And, and they're the big names. And yet people are dismissing that as the same way they would dismiss someone like Alex Jones. Well, that's the, that's the game plan, right? Is to equate truth and righteousness with, with being mentally unstable. And they were able to successfully do that with Jones. And now they, they throw everybody into the same bucket as a conspiracy theorist, a liar, a crackpot. Well, after watching Jones on uh, Rogan's show, I have a lot of empathy for the guy. I, I feel like uh, connected in a way with this abstract nonlinear thinking. I've, I've experienced what he has experienced where you're trying to explain something to somebody and so you give them fact after fact after fact after fact and you, you relate, you uh, draw the big picture and interconnect all the facts and you explain, and this is why I think this way. And then they... They're like Rogan did. He's like, oh, you're going too fast. You say so much. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't process it all. Well, that's, that's a symptom of how dumbed down society is here in America today. They can't process all these things because our public mental mind has shifted. The mental map or the paradigm with which we're dealing has shifted to this statist paradigm. It's like, uh, you can't. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna use Dr. Angela Dunn as an example of this. Okay, she's the state epidemiologist here in Utah. Which, by the way, she's stepping down from her state epidemiologist position to run the Salt Lake County Health Department. Which I found interesting because it seemed like that would be a she'd take a major pay cut, but I don't know. But maybe, maybe she has she's more tra- power. Maybe she's trading money for for more power and influence. But. During the pandemic, see, b- b- before pandemic, BP, nobody knew who she was. Nobody cared, right? Does anybody care besides the news media? No, I don't think anybody now does. You, you could probably take a poll of 100 Utahns and probably 95 of them wouldn't know who she is. But I paid too much attention to all this, so I know who she is. And I've watched the press conferences where she speaks, and she does not explain anything. She just simply says... Wear a mask, social distance, wait for the vaccine. Now the vaccine's available. And it's all get vaccinated and continue to wear your mask. There's no explanation. There's no elaboration. There's no, uh, he, you know, there's no, never did she stand up and say, we, we're looking at the data and we're looking at empirical and, uh, you know, real, real world experience. We're doing this, this, and this. And these are, this is why we're coming up with these conclusions. This is why we're, there's none of that. It's just talking points. And she's never acknowledged like that all of the news the whole time about COVID has been good news when we learn about the virus, right? It's not as contagious. It's not as deadly. It's not as, as pre- uh, not prevalent, but not as um, 
It's just not what they said it was going to be. That's great news. But she's never been able to elaborate. And I don't think she even understands. Like, even the testing. Like, she was never asked any real questions about the tests, the PCR test. But she once on Twitter said, I'm seeing some questions about PCR testing. Here's a PDF. And she links to a a PDF that I don't even know if she read. Because in that PDF, it explicitly says PCR tests are not a great diagnostic tool Hmm. for disease. And it's like, did you even read what you linked? Because it, it debunks, it proves, it shows that these tests are unreliable and hypersensitive. And I think it just goes along with what you're, you're saying. Everything's so dumbed down that we, nobody is being taught, right? Nobody's being educated. And that's why everyone gets those questions, those 12, 13 questions wrong that we took at the beginning, because we're not being told the truth about the world. We're being told blatant, designed, manufactured, fabricated lies about the world to make us all think that things are one way or the other in order to manipulate us into behaving one way or another. This entire last year and a half has been a gigantic uh, experimental uh, exercise in mass manipulation to make us do and think and say things that don't match reality. And most of us can look at it and say, yeah, this doesn't match reality, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's the right thing to do. Well, who's telling you it's the right thing to do? Is it your gut? Is it your heart? Is it your brain? Or is it the unelected bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. or wherever telling you that it's the right thing to do? Yeah, good. All good points. Um, At some point, though, I do want to discuss interdimensional space aliens and the supernatural and all the things that he was talking about, because it adds a whole different it does layer to the to the conspiracy. One thing that I wanted to point out was this resonated with me. This come a little closer. This resonated with me that uh, (laughs) he points out that these these occultist oligarchists they. they crave this extra dimensional experience. So they'll take drugs or they'll, they'll do whatever they can to go beyond the veil, so to speak. And this, this should be familiar territory for, for Mormons and for Christians, the idea mm-hmm. that there are spirits beyond the veil, right? Well, he talks about it in terms of being space aliens. And they talk about taking DMT and psilocybin mushrooms and things like that to have these experiences to see beyond what, what we can see in the visible light spectrum. And the one thing that really struck me was that he talked about the the dark ones and the 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 light ones he said the dark ones are interfering in our in our space all the time they're trying to get us to do stuff and the light ones have to be sought diligently he doesn't say that but those are the scriptural words that they right. the good the good gods the good the good entities behind the veil they have to be uh sought out and they don't they don't appear to everybody and so i think he's missing some cosmological connections that that would be helpful his studies have been on the dark side and we've talked about how this world is veiled and cut off from the heavens because of the nature of the entities that are here that are caught in a loyalty test caught in a rebellion and all that stuff but one of the things he points out about the the oligarchists that are connecting with these supernaturals is that the bad guys 
always want blood. They want more and more blood. They want death, death, death. That's what they, that's what they're, they want sacrifices to them. And then they give more knowledge. Now, if you've read the book of Enoch and you've read about the watching angels who come and give the knowledge to mankind out of season, this makes total sense that they're, because we know we're veiled and we know that we're only operating with like a portion of our intellect and our brain and, and that there's so many greater things out there that, that are hidden from our, our view. You know, like imagine yourself in the late 1800s before Tesla comes along and revolutionizes the world with electricity, right? You mean the actual guy, Tesla, not Tesla, the, the car, car company. company? Yeah, Nikola Tesla. Because I think a lot of people <laughs> forget that Tesla, Elon Musk's company, is named after. Yeah, he's just right in the coattails the of an Tesla. incredibly brilliant person. And a- anyway, so imagine how, you know, st- or imagine us before the internet and how we could have that, we could have multiple technological revolutions or spiritual revolutions or whatever ahead of us that if we could get past the breaking point or past the, not the breaking point, but past the, um, like a barrier, that barrier. Yeah. Whatever, whatever's holding us back. Then we move into a new phase of our existence, right? As, as individuals or entities or humanity. Yesterday, um, I was reading in the doctrine and covenants, which is an LDS scripture. I think it was section 42, talks about if you ask you will receive revelation upon revelation knowledge upon knowledge and i think that goes along with what you're talking about like the way to break through those barriers is through revelation and having god op- open our minds that's what revelation yeah, is well, rev- revelation two- doesn't have to be the visitation of a of a supernatural being it could be but it's also just the veil being parted or thinned and seeing what you didn't see and knowing, understanding what you didn't know or understand before. Right. I would, I would classify uh, these interactions with the beyond in two, two categories, inspirations and revelation, because right. revelation is more tangible to me than an inspiration, a thought like try this or a, a, a quick idea. A revelation would be the, the pulling back of the veil. Right. As you Something describe. is literally revealed. Right. Which is, what I, which is what I think the oligarchy is involved in and, and the scientists that uh are part of that that are a cult is that they're they're trying to get those revelations because they they crave that you know we we're like the sting song says we're spirits in a material world <laughs> and we're right. talking about gross matter here not not the more refined matter we're talking about the corruptible gross matter and so they're they know they're trapped in the matrix and they're trying to go beyond, but the people they're communicating with are the watchers, the fallen angels, the devils, or the, the aliens, however you want to put, put this. And those people, in order to give them more knowledge, keep demanding more and more sacrifice, blood. And literally, I think that the agenda of the oligarchy is to kill a lot of people because they, they um, view that as a sacrifice that's going to get them more revelation from the other side, it's just the wrong side. A little known fact: I don't, I, I don't think you guys or a lot of the listeners know this, but the word "holocaust" literally means sacrifice. We think of it as uh, the killing of a lot of Jews, but it's literally a sacrifice. That's what holocaust. Uh, there's a sacrifice by fire. There's, <clears throat> there's this idea that you know the oligarchy engages in in child. Sacrifice? Sacrifice by fire or burnt offering from the old French Holocaust. Right. 
and or from the Greek holocoston. That theory that the elite, the oligarchy engages in child sacrifice gets a lot of um, publicity and a lot of, you know, mainstream dismissal. Oh, yeah. how silly! And I think that there's uh, legitimacy. <clears throat> I think there's legitimacy to it. But if you look at the last year and a half, we're witnessing a massive child sacrifice. The children, children are being. Uh, the burden of all of this COVID garbage is being placed on kids. Yeah, They're the ones losing out on education. They're the ones losing out on other vaccines. You know, you know, childhood vaccinations have plummeted over the last year. Um, whether what, you believe it, it, that those are necessary or not, the point is kids aren't receiving the medical attention that they're normally used to. They're also, they're also, uh, Millions of kids around the world have starved over the last year, and I, you well, know, it's not just the kids; it's the whole human race. Like, what right? About, but um, what about the what about the nursing homes? Right? W- is it not possible that they had a conscious decision over there that they were just going to kill a bunch of well, old of course people? They did, and try to kill more than they. But I they think didn't need to die. Disproportionately, though, young people are are play, are are carrying this burden, so right, old people not, can feel right. Oh, but they're not being killed. They're not being yet. They are though in in secondary ways, like through starvation. Yeah. Okay. And their minds are being killed. They're being turned into obedient the uh, way it, robots. I feel like they're being that we as a society are being led to the altar right now. Like we right, ain't we right. ain't seen nothing yet. No, I, I think you're right. But we what we have seen is the most vulnerable on either end of it. Right. The the old people mm-hmm. who are most vulnerable, and, and the then poor. you have the young people, especially the young poor kids in developing nations mm-hmm. where getting a meal was always kind of 50-50 or worse. Mm-hmm. Those supply chains with the lockdowns and things have been disrupted. Donations and things like that have been disrupted. And they're, they're, the, the numbers are, are, are emerging and it's mil- millions of kids. Tens of thousands a month are, are dying through starvation. starvation. And then you add in other uh, medical issues where they're not getting the basic medical care because COVID, because people are so afraid of getting COVID or they're using that ex- as an excuse. What I'm saying is I think we're witnessing a massive... No, you're right. ...worldwide, global-scale child sacrifice. You're right. You're right. And that you're absolutely right. That is happening to the poorest, the most vulnerable. And that will trickle upward, or however you want to describe it, to to wealthier countries where even here in the United States, you have kids, you have suicide ideation is up, child abuse is up. And then you have this, the education is falling apart. They're, they're losing, they're taking steps backward. They're regressing in their education progress. Whatever you think about public education, getting zero education is probably worse because you don't have kids that are, not in public school and then getting a great education from home. You have kids who are not in public school and are spending the day watching Netflix and YouTube and playing video games and literally taking learning how to becoming people and loot the corpses, becoming dumber. You know, they're forgetting how to read at certain levels. They're forgetting math at certain levels. They're not progressing. And, Adults, including like our hometown governor, seems okay with that because still kids are required to be masked here. Yeah, and then it makes it makes them more susceptible to future sacrifices. 
Right. The masks. The future ritual activity. The masks become a visual indicator of this ritual. And there's what there's what the masks are saying is that you are wards of the state. We own you. You, you shut, show us allegiance. Shut your mouth and show us allegiance with this face covering. And eventually we'll let you take it off, maybe. But some people are so broken that they won't take it off ever. Yeah. So we're having we're seeing this massive uh child abuse where these kids are being led to believe that one, they're dangerous to each other, two, they're dangerous to older people, and three, that they are not allowed to think or move or live their life without permission from their superiors, from the state. Absolutely. It's an awful situation. Well, we need to spend an episode on the aliens. Yeah, I think I'd like to talk about that. Maybe I need to do more research, but... I do too. I've never really gotten down there because it's sort of, for me, it's like, you know, I believe in supernatural. I believe in heavenly angelic beings. And I just chalk all the alien talk up to to that. (laughs) But it's probably something that... Yeah, I, I, I take issue with some of the things Alex Jones, some of the finer points, but in general... I think the overview is really significant and the idea that he talks about aliens in terms of extra dimensional aliens, I think is well quite astute. Uh, you know how they <clears throat> telegraph things in movies. You remember uh, the last Indiana Jones number four, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people didn't like it. Shia LaBeouf, whatever. Right. I thought it was okay. It was, it was fun and it was, it was, uh, you know, more for a younger audience, but in that show, the aliens are extra dimensional. Right. And I kind of think that was a telegraph. Predictive programming. Yeah. Well, in LDS theology, we, we don't always use that terminology, but we believe in extra dimensions and interdimensional. We call it the veil. We, we talk about the veil beyond the veil. Right. But we also and we also talk about how the spirit world is here. We just can't see it. Yeah. Right. Well, that would be an interdimensional yeah, interaction. Exactly. We've said that many times. But whenever you're talking about the plan of salvation, that'll come up. And all the people that are not born and all the people that have right. but died, they're all here. And we also believe in uh, and have documentation of people's experiences with people from both dimensions, from you know, angels who have lived and and, and vice versa. Yeah, so you have the visitations, you have the visions, you have dreams, you have people who have gifts, you have people who see dead people, people who have near-death experiences. There's far too much in our culture to dismiss it. Right. Although there's still people that will because, quote-unquote, science. Well, yeah, they follow the science. So they'll dismiss the supernatural, but also believe in the power of dirty cloth to keep them healthy. <laughs> Are you a man of the cloth? <laughs> what was the line? I'm a man of the cloth without the cloth. Yeah, that's uh, Matthew McConaughey from, contact? from uh, Contact. I'm not a man of the cloth with or without cloth in the sense that I don't use cloth as a talisman over my face Yeah, to protect me from yeah. things. Although in the LDS uh, culture... We do ascribe some supernatural to cloth. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. Okay. 
Well, it's it's been fun. I think we should wrap it up. What are your what's your parting shot? I don't know. I don't really have one other than find alternative ways to get informed and don't rely on on CNN and NBC and in the mainstream. Don't rely on your governor to give you permission. Your rights exist whether the governor or the president acknowledges them or not. Your rights exist whether they're codified in the Constitution or not. And truth is the same way. It exists, so go find it. Go find truth and learn how to recognize truth. I think that's... Yeah. Teach teach your uh, friends, teach your family, help them to recognize the glitches in the matrix. I think that's what we're going to title this episode, Glitches in the Matrix, or Glitch in the Matrix. This is... I mean... Those of you that are attuned, I think most of our listeners are attuned to this, how how obvious the glitch is. And that is evidence of how late the hour is, in my right. opinion. And so I, it, now is the time... It's not even a glitch. It's yeah, like, now is the time to warn your neighbors. Now is the time to uh, to behave consistent with what you know. Because, I mean, what comes next? If If this is really where society is... What comes next is not pretty. And you want to be known in history, meaning in the cosmic history, as someone who sided with light, sided with right, sided with truth. I do, at least. And I know that's hard. I know we need, we need to be courageous. We need to pray for God's help. But now is not the time for the faint of heart. Now is not the time to go back in the matrix. Now is not the time to say, literally, this steak tastes so good, you know? <laughs> And it, can you make me an actor? Can you, yeah, I I know it's not real, <laughs> but I guess in our in our situation we would have to say, well, I know I had to wear a mask to get in here and and uh, bow to the establishment, but no, I'm not saying don't go out to support your local restaurant, but <laughs> go support them, but maybe go support the ones that are are also supporting truth and righteousness yeah. and light, because there are businesses that are not just not requiring them, but actually taking a stand and saying. No we're masks. Done. Yeah, we're done. You know, well, a couple of years ago, if you walked into basically anywhere with a mask on your face, you would have been asked to take it off because people would have been suspicious. Well, it depends on the kind of mask. If it was a medical mask, I think you could have gotten away with it. But if yeah, you but wore if you a walked in bandana, with, the, with a bandana, which is still, well, if you went into the bank, they would have made you take it off. Of course, you don't walk into a bank as a masked man. Yeah. Even the medical ones, people would have kind of maybe they would have. Wondered, hey, can I see your face? Can I see who you are? Or they would have wondered, why is that person who is clearly sick, why are they out and about? But nobody did. Nobody did that. Nobody mm-hmm. wore these surgical masks or bandanas or anything covering their faces to go out and about. But suddenly it's not only acceptable, but required righteous well, behavior. Well, Bobby, do you think that it's going to get more obvious, like the glitch in the Matrix is going to, like the... Do you think that the the things that happen are going to be more and more obvious, or do you think it's going to continue to be subtle? Because I, I mean, coronavirus is super no, obvious. The age of subtlety is over. So it's going to be like blatantly like you're white. Oh, it already is. I mean, look look at the news. Look at the, the we didn't talk about the Chauvin verdict where they found him guilty, and it's like jurors have come out and said I was worried about the retaliation. Right. So and he also, didn't get a fair trial. And now the the state of Maryland the Maryland medical examiner or some some high ranking official in Maryland was one of their expert witnesses in favor of the defense and now they're looking at firing him or investigating this guy right. just because he testified. Right. 
right? Like the the absurdity of of everything is. So white is black, black is white, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is power, is truth or whatever, truth, uh, strength through ignorance. I think is how it goes. Nineteen eighty four. The um yeah the absurdity of, it really started last year with in 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 earnest because it's before that but it's like the with summer. the with the riots, right? And yeah. these, these, these were called mostly peaceful protests. And suddenly for a few weeks there, everyone forgot about COVID and they we're, we're being, I, I, I almost it's amazing think it's, a, it's dragged on this. Long. I, I almost think it's a game now to see just how far they can push us. It's the breaking of the American mind, breaking of the world's mind. It is. It is. And I'm, I'm, I've seen that on an individual level. I've seen people who will never recover mentally from this last year and a half. People who will never trust anyone around them except for the CDC, the WHO, Dr. Fauci, or whoever is like him. And, and I think for people like that, it's, they're so broken that they can't even fathom an independent thought. And they're just, they've gone down this place that is where there is no return. Do you think that you could uh, avoid using your phone, your cell phone for a week, a day? A yeah. Day you could yeah. Make it. I mean, I've done that when I've gone like on backpacking trips or things okay. like that. I mean, I've used but it to take pictures and stuff, but, but it's hard. Uh, it's just a muscle memory to pick it up in some idle moment and see what's going on. Or you have a question and so you ask Google. Right. I think the smartphones are amazing, but I also think they've contributed to our rapid demise. Same with social media. The combination of the smartphone, the always connected, and social media and the age of instant, constant news has really accelerated our intellectual and spiritual yeah, I collapse. Think you're right. And then the advent of virtue signaling gets added into that. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Well... I don't want to end on such a dour note, though. Okay, what, you want to sing a song? Should we? No, no, I better not. Better not. <laughs> we only have so many <laughs> listeners. I don't want to drive them away. Uh, but well, we're, the, on the plus side, we're getting a lot of uh, much-needed precipitation. Yep, here, and, and maybe they'll rescind the emergency. I doubt or, it. No, nope, they won't. You know, it's raining outside, but there's a drought order on, a drought em- emergency order. We've also had some of the biggest winters on record over the last, say, five years. Not consecutively, but over the last five years, we've had two or three of the biggest winters on record. The reservoirs are full. Um, the, 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 the drought emergency order is just an easy one that... It's part of the climate That control. Uh, the politicians here can be seen to, to be doing something. And, you know, there's now restrictions on who, you know, you can, can't water your lawn yet, things like that, and... Of course, there's exceptions for the golf courses. Oh. And probably the governor's mansion. For sure. Well, anyway, on that note. On that dour note, never mind. We're ending on a dour note. <laughs> no, look, be the heroes of your own story. Be the, uh, be the ones that go out and spread the truth and light. I think that's, that's positive. You know, we gotta, we've got to talk about the... Um, the movie Stranger Than Fiction. Right. And uh, I, I wrote myself a, a little note because there was, there was a, 
little bit of a dialogue between the Will Ferrell character and then the literature professor played by Dustin Hoffman. And that, that was great. I, lo- I love the char- the way the characters act in this movie is great. But I was, I was diff- disappointed with the ending a little bit. Um, we'll have to talk about it. Before. I don't want to spoil anything because you, you don't remember exactly how it ends. But um, you remember from last week, we were talking about how Will Ferrell plays a, an IRS auditor and he's going about his life, but he realizes there's someone narrating his life. And so there's an author that is going to kill him off and he mm-hmm. doesn't want to die. And he's, so he searches out this professor of literature to figure out what's going on. And the first thing that the Dustin Hoffman literature professor tries to figure out is, well, are you in a tragedy or are you in a comedy? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and we have, we have elements of that. And we'll talk about this in another episode. We have elements of the, the classic tragedy and comedy in our life's existence right but it is it is ultimately a tragedy depending on how you look at it because everybody dies everybody comes into this world knowing they're going to die but then they don't know it when they when they're born and uh it's funny because there's this exchange exchange between him and the professor and he says so uh oh the professor the professor finds out about the ending of the book and he and so the will ferrell character says you're asking me to face my death can't the author change it? Can't she, she change it? You know, because the, the professors realize this is a tragedy, right? Can't she change it? And uh, the uh, professor, Dustin Hoffman, says, well, in the grand scheme, it wouldn't matter. And he's like, well, I could change. I could, I could go away. I could be someone else. I could repent. I could change. I could, do, I could do anything you want. Just don't make me die. And Hoffman says, well... It's the nature of all tragedies. The hero dies, but the story lives on forever. This, this can be either a tragedy or a comedy. Uh, it's going to have tragic elements. It's going to have comic elements, meaning happy elements. And, but the, in the end, death is but a beginning. Death is a crossing over. Death is moving to a new phase. And we've quoted you know, William Wallace, Mel Gibson, Braveheart before. Every man dies. Not every man really lives. And I think that I think that's where I want to end the discussion is is to point out, look, there are fates worse than death. And, and a fate worse than death would be to live the way they want us to live. Yeah, you could be on record as a pro lockdown mask mason. That's a pretty bad fate. <laughs> that's permanent. That's the story that lives on. Yeah. Some of these guys are starting to sing a different tune. Yeah. Oh, no, we know we shouldn't have worn masks outdoors. Well, we'll see where, where the public sentiment goes, but be, be the heroes in your story. Don't be the, don't be the uh, unwitting villagers or whoever, just the, the extras that just go along right. with it. Live, live life happily and joyfully and seek truth, proclaim it, share it. Just do it in the way you live. And don't be ashamed to walk with your head high and a big smile on your face, knowing that you're on the right side of all of this. Well, on that note, have a great week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, tell your friends. We're, uh, my motivation there is just to be able to spread the message further and wider. Right. Um, it's sort of inconsequential 
relative to the type of effort we're putting in. But uh, if, if, you, if you happen to like this, tell your friends, your family, or whoever, and, and help us spread the word. Yeah, give us some feedback. I, I, at, I enjoy uh, the idea that there's some intelligent people out there that are hearing this. And, and if you're listening to this transmission, you are the resistance. Right. <laughs> give us some feedback at myinvirus.show. And uh, we will see you guys next week. This is uh, Bobby Flood. Jordan Bruno. We are signing off.